Welcome to another edition of VP Live Talk Radio. I always want to record before I start the show, and I always forget, but I didn't forget this time. So welcome to another edition. We're back. Dino's back. I'm back. I know it's been a couple of weeks. August 8th has come and gone, and we're all still here. Like, I woke up, and I went to work, and the store was still there, and all the employees were still there, and all the e-liquid, and the mods, and the drippers, and the tanks, and the drip tips, and everything was all still there. It didn't disappear like all these fuckheads were saying it was gonna. So that was that was uh, not surprising, but whatever. Yeah, it was all going to disappear on August 8th. Remember, it was all over on August 8th. All over. We're all doomed. The industry is going to disappear, but obviously it didn't. Where's Dino? We got a lot to talk about tonight. Got to bring on Dino first. Oh, boy. Hang on. Where's Dino's intro music? Let's turn him up. Let's turn him up, and let's find his intro music. Dino, are you there? I is. Okay. Here we go. Oh, Dino's intro. Oh. Oh. You pussy motherfucker. Oh. 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 Hardcore Dino. Oh. You pussy motherfucker. Oh. That's great. I love that. Oh. 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 You pussy motherfucker. Yes, I got I got a message about that on my Facebook. I didn't know this. So apparently, Dino, Ed was on Vapor Joe's show last night. I don't know the what The Vapor Joe? Yeah. <laughs> the, the Vapor Joe. Uh I I don't know. I I got I, someone mentioned it in the chat. I just got a message on my Facebook about it. You going to talk about Ed being on I don't did he say something that was I mean, what happened? I don't understand. If he was on Vapor Joe's show, so what? I mean, everybody's acting like something happened. What happened? If call in three four seven three zero eight three two nine. We finally got a guess. We know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happened. I mean, did Ed say something? Did Vapor Joe and Ed, yeah? I I just I, I I don't understand. So if it's something interesting, you can maybe certainly... ju- maybe he's trying to get a a show on the the Vapor Joe podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ed was saying the record straight. And listen, you know, I, I'll get Ed later. You know, I, I asked Ed to send me this document. Uh, and we're, we're, he posted something on his goddamn Facebook that said zero nicotine liquid is not being regulated. I asked him to send me the exact page of where in the FDA regulations it says this. He did not, which I didn't think I was going to get it. Then it turned into, oh, well, uh, uh, it, it was part of the Tobacco and Cosmetic Act back in 2008. Well, no, 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 no. That's not what you said. I'm, I'm not answering the phone, Ed. I know 408. I see 408. There you go, you my were, man. You were supposed to send me where in the deeming regulations it said specifically that that nicotine-free e-liquid is not being regulated under the, the deeming regulations. Therefore, we wouldn't have to charge for it because it's not a tobacco product, and you failed to do so. You, you, you sent something from the fucking tobacco, to smoke tobacco, the, the cosmetic act, something that's not the deeming regulations, which you said you didn't send. I said I wanted a page from the deeming regulations where it says that, and you didn't send it. Yeah, the FDNC Act. I'm not talking about the FDNC Act, Ed. I'm talking about the deeming regulations that came out this year. 
I understand what he's saying. And the FDNC Act, yes, it does say if it doesn't have nicotine, then it's not a tobacco product. But that was back then. They weren't referring to that. Na- na- even if they were referring to e-liquid, which they're not, it doesn't matter now because now the FDA is saying it is. It doesn't matter what that said. It's saying it now. It's not, and it's not, you sent me no page. I said, send me a page from the 2016 and that link that you wrote down that I got it from was from 2008. So stop it. All right, whatever. See, Ed is another one of these people that say things and are just kind of coming to uh, guesses or, or what he, he, he's, He's taking everything that's out there and putting out his opinion like all – and I can't blame him. That's what everybody's He's doing. He's living in his own vape dream world. That, that's what the advocates are doing. That's what uh, – you know, all these people with podcasts and uh, YouTube channels and all your so-called advocates, they're all just forming their opinions. They're putting it out there. Uh, the advocacy groups are putting their bullshit out there. Uh, which is insane because they're, you know, everybody's lying to us. They're all lying to us, and I'm going to uh, uh, play you the truth tonight. I'm going to tell you the truth because they're all lying to you. It's insane. And I'm not saying Ed's not wrong. There is some stuff that I agree with Ed on. I will say that. There's some things I agree with Ed on, but a lot of the stuff is just him creating these things of, of, well, they said this 10 years ago, so now they can't turn around and say that. Well, guess what? There are government. They can do whatever the fuck they want, but I want to talk about that right now. We'll get into that in a little bit. First, I want to bring on Flitzanu. Oh, wait. Okay, he's set. He's set. Flitzanu's set. Because we were going to have, he said, you want, you know, Dino wants me to come on. I don't remember. You're right, Dino. Yeah, uh, I did. A billion I lives. I yes. about a billion That's lives. That's right. I, nobody, I haven't heard a thing about it. Yeah, me neither. It's funny how all these people see it, but I haven't, like, you know, I, I, I shouldn't, I take that back. I have seen a few things said about it, but uh, I want the opinion of, of somebody who's seen it. That I know, I Flitzano give us an honest opinion. I know John, John Nathan saw it, and I was going to have him on to talk about it, but I'm going to have to wait to have John on because John's going to come on and also review Dino's e-liquids. He's going to give his honest opinion on those, so that should be fun. Flitzano. Oh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. What's going on, man? Glitzy, oh. glitzy. Yes, What's I, up, Dino? I, I did tell John uh, at Vape Northeast Dino that... Uh, I said, I want him to come on, and I want you to give me an honest opinion of Dino's uh, e-liquid, and you said he would. So I'm, yeah, get- I'm not scared. <laughs> I saw a picture of Flitzanu and... Uh, Twisted 240. That- no, Stephon? not Twisted 240. Stefan. Oh. Okay. At, the, at the vape showcase. Yep. Uh, Stefan was wearing this, like, 20-gallon fucking cowboy hat. Yes. And Flitzanu <laughs> was dressed in his getup, and I got to tell you, I'm not sure which guy looked worse. <laughs> I listen. I thought they. I thought they were. I thought they were a cute couple. I thought they looked great. <laughs> we're hoping to be the. Uh, we're hoping to be the next Grim and uh, Homeboy. Yeah, like the next power. <laughs> the next power couple. First, you got to go tell all your fucking viewers to go fuck themselves. That's right. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, Twisted Two Forty. You met. Have you ever met him before? Twisted Four yeah. Twenty. Yeah. yeah. Um, no. Um, we had this ongoing joke like he was supposed to be in uh, Winston-Salem last year and he was there, but he just disappeared like nobody like he was at the show and then he was gone and never saw him again. So like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I didn't get to meet you. So we had this ongoing joke that we're best friends in the world now because we hang out all the time and uh, even though we never met. So he said he was going to be there. So, uh, uh, yeah, so I finally tracked him down and got to meet twisted 420 he's he's one of the last few 
uh, big, I'm air quoting reviewers. And, um, you know, that's been, it's been around for a while. And so, uh, he's one of those last few people that I really haven't met. That's, that's kind of been doing videos for a long time. So, uh, so it was cool. It was, he was a cool guy. He was a cool so guy. you fulfilled your vape famous bucket list. <laughs> I, my, yeah, I think the, the rest of my bucket list is now over the pond across the pond. Like uh, I got to go to Europe and, uh, and go meet some of the European guys, like mainly Scott Bonner. I need to go meet, I get you 69 Scott over in the UK because uh, he was the guy that uh, that helps me pick a kit whenever I first started vaping. You know, so, what, let's uh, see. I'm going to go with you. You and I are going to make a trip to the UK because I also have to uh, uh, meet. I get you 69. I have to yeah. meet uh, Tim from RI4 Radio. I have to meet Mr. Dorn. I have right. to meet uh, uh, um, what's his name from ECF, uh, Oliver Smokey Joe. There's quite, oh, a okay. yeah. there's quite a few people I, I would like to meet, and I have to go to the UK in order to do that. So, yeah, you and, and I Todd, make, yes. Todd, Todd's yes. over in Scotland. Uh, Todd agreed to take me to Loch Ness if I make it over to Scotland. So, Todd will personally take me to Loch Ness. Well, that's wonderful. So, uh, so yeah, I got to make a European tour. Yes, yes, we will. Flitzy and I are going to go on a European tour coming soon. <laughs> we'll be I the new, come? we'll be the, uh, no, it's just going to be know, Flitzy and I. We're, we're going to be the new power couple. <laughs> it'll be fun yeah it was uh yeah so i so i i did just in case uh it was unclear like i literally got back home two hours ago right so i was uh yeah i was uh just, i mean i was in dallas dallas is four hours away so um yeah i went out to vape showcase this weekend and, your horse uh, must be fucking exhausted yeah my horse is <laughs> tired as shit <laughs> <laughs> who, who, that horse. Who, who fed the chickens when you went away? <laughs> <laughs> Had to get old John Boy to take care of the cows. <laughs> I'm just like, listen. I mean, speaking of, yeah, by the way, so yeah. Stefan's hat, his cowboy hat, he got that cowboy hat in Oklahoma uh, back at the, the premiere of A Billion Lives here in, in Oklahoma City, or not here, but two hours away in Oklahoma City. Um, yeah, Stefan got that hat here. It is a legit, authentic Oklahoma cowboy hat. Yes, yes, and those hats aren't cheap either. Mm. No, they're definitely nice they hats. They are not. No, they are not. <laughs> so he's an official cowboy. That's good. Good for him. So, yeah, you, you did see A Billion Lives. That's why Flitzy's on. I want to talk to him about that because uh, he did see the movie. I want to get somebody's opinion on it since I can't seem to get an honest one. I know John Nathan saw it, too. He's going to give his opinion when he comes on. Not tonight, but at... At, at, an, at another time, but I definitely want to get his opinion. I did go to my high school reunion because people were asking me about that. Oh, yeah. Yes, I did go to my high school reunion. Uh, it was... <laughs> it was you know, I, I warned gotta, you. I, I got to tell you, it was interesting. You know, some some of the people looked the same. You know, they like... like they're, right. Not the ones you wanted to look the same, I'll bet. Well, the, right. the, you know, there was this one girl that, that couldn't that like never spoke to me in high school. Her name was Sue. She never spoke to me ever. I just don't think she liked me at all. Whatever. Uh, what a she, bitch. She, yeah, she looked exactly the same. Like, like just like in high school, she was the one that looked the most like she didn't age a day and looked incredible. And I, you know, she was there and I looked at her and, uh, we all had name tags on with our pictures from high school on them. So she knows it was me. And I looked at her, you know, and I just wanted to tell her, Hey, you, you look great. Good for you. Uh, so I looked at her, she looked at me and just walked away. Like, yeah, I don't want anything to do with you. So that's so she happen. pulled the same shit she did to you in high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, it was interesting seeing the people. I, I didn't. I don't think they were as interested as seeing in seeing me. But that's fine. I was interested in seeing them. Um, you know, I, I had a few. I got a nice buzz going on. It was great. I had a few beers. And I never really get to go out and, and do anything like that. Uh, there was this one girl uh, that was there, Christine. And, uh, you know, back in high school, she wasn't like she was just like kind of like the quiet girl who sat in the corner. She didn't really have a label. She wasn't a nerd or a popular. She was just like like she just kind of sat in the corner and just watched everybody like nobody really bothered her. She didn't bother anybody. She was really, really shy. And uh, she was there and she looked fantastic, too. I was like, oh, my God. I mean, she looked great. I mean, we're, we're 42, 43 years old. She looked like she was in her 20s. She looked fantastic. Looked nothing like she did in high school. I mean, she really, really looked great. And uh, the funny thing was, is like, we, I was sitting with her and some other people for a while. Now, everybody that was coming up, right? Everybody coming up, she's like, oh, I want to take a picture. I want to take a picture. I want to take a picture. Like everybody. She didn't want a picture with me. <laughs> she <wanted> <laughs> You know, it was kind of like that. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't feel like anybody, anybody really. They were nice. And, and I talked to some people and they were like, how you doing, Kev? And da, da, da. I don't think they really could have cared less whether I was there or not. But that's fine. I had a good time and I had some beers. and I got a nice buzz and I got to see these people. And it is what it is. Would I go again? I don't know. Probably not. But it was certainly interesting. So was my uh, was my theory correct that the people like the hot people got fat and gross and the not hot people got thin and gorgeous um you know a lot of the hot people weren't there i mean it, it was maybe like because they were embarrassed well That's yeah it was wow, they were in fucking wheelchairs <laughs> from too much <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was maybe like 30 or 40 people that went i mean it, you know what was interesting though was uh a lot of the uh girls that weren't like the attractive girls in high school were very attractive now you know i was right. like that was uh yeah so yeah there, there were i'm not going to name names but there was like one or two so-called hot girls that weren't so hot anymore <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. It, listen, it was interesting, and I, I don't really want to talk about this because I'm afraid somebody from there might be listening, and I don't want to upset anybody, and I hope they're not. I, I do my best to keep my life separate from this. Like, there was a couple right. people, people there that follow my Facebook. They're, oh, you're into vaping, vaping, vaping. It's like, I, just, yeah, I don't being really post. Vape famous is a motherfucker. Well, no, I don't really post anything <laughs> about vaping on my on my personal Facebook. That's why I was surprised by that. I mean, I maybe posted, like, two or three things. I, I don't know. I, I They just, I don't know. And, again, they don't give a shit. They, they really don't care. You know, it's, it's this is this is a whole other world. <laughs> We're in yeah, a whole other yeah. world over here. So, yeah, that was my Husker reunion. It was, I, I'm glad I went, but. Whatever it is, what it is. So, uh, oh, and real quick before we start with you, uh, Flitzy, uh, I was at National Vape Expo. Dino and I went to National Vape Expo. You got to hear this, Flitzy. So, cool. I'm standing there, and uh, Phil Pipusardo was there, and uh, Cisco and Phil were talking and shit. And I was just there. We were all like kind of talking about regulations and stuff and this and that. And by the way, I want to say something because I did talk to Pipusardo. Please, everybody. Listen, Pibusardo, I've saw I've seen a lot of talk about Pibusardo in the past couple of weeks. Okay, Pibusardo, he I'll say it for him. He doesn't have he said it himself, but I'll say it for him. 
he's not an advocate, okay? He doesn't know much about advocacy. He depends on other people telling him things and instructing him. You know, everybody's attacking him. Leave the fuck alone. He doesn't, he doesn't know. He just sits there and he says, okay, well, you know, he's got uh, someone feeding his ear with this or that who he feels would know because he really doesn't. And then he's just doing what they're telling him. He doesn't know. He doesn't know anything about mods being created or this, this, uh, you know, he's part of this uh, civia. He doesn't know half the about fucking. He doesn't know what he's even a part of, what he's doing. He's just taking advice from other people. And obviously he's taking the wrong advice and he shouldn't be listening to the people he's listening to. But leave the guy alone. You know, don't act like he's uh, planning all these things and he has some big scheme and he's behind this and that. He's not. He, when it comes to advocacy, he's a moron. He doesn't know. <laughs> he just listens to what other people tell him. So leave the guy alone, for Christ's sakes. Oh, my God. He's innocent. <laughs> really? You mean he's not spearheading a conspiracy no. to... No, oh, God. he's not smart. He's not he sm- might be. He's not smart enough to do that. Trust me. So anyway, I'm not. That's terrible. Well, listen, I'm not insulting Phil. I'm just saying when it comes to this advocacy stuff, he's no, a moron. He means that you're not smart enough to, in, the, in the utmost respect. Yes, <laughs> I do. In the utmost respect. Listen, Phil, will understand what I'm saying. Leave the guy. He doesn't. I leave the guy alone. He's not doing all this stuff you're saying he's doing. I promise you he's not. But anyway, we're sitting there and we're talking to him. And Dino, uh, he leaves. Dino walks out of the event. He comes back. He's pacing back and forth. He's sweating. He's red like a fucking tomato. He's going off. Oh, my God. I don't feel good. I don't feel good. He's going off. He doesn't feel good. He's like, oh, my God. It's so hot in here. It's so hot. He's, Dino just has just to go to a doctor. He's got a problem or something. He just sweats. <laughs> so he's sweating. He's sweating. He's freaking out. I feel like shit. Oh, my God. So then he turns to Phil, and he says, Phil, give me your rag. And Phil looks at him like, are you serious? And he says, yeah, give me your fucking rag. So Phil reaches in his pocket and takes out this towel. Now, number one's go through my fe- head, and I ask Phil, I go, how the fuck does he know you have a rag, right? It was hanging from his fucking shirt. Oh, no, shirt. actually what I said is you have a sweat rag? And he goes, well, yeah. So he hands it to Dino. Dino starts wiping his face, and he's wiping his forehead. He's like, oh, he's like, he's like in heaven with this fucking rag. He's wiping his sweaty <laughs> mess face, forehead, everything. So while he's doing this, I, I say to Phil, I, I say, you've got a sweat rag? And he says, yeah. And I go, what, you sweat like that too? So Phil, this is why I'm disgusted. Phil says, no. He goes, I sweat like underneath my arms and, you know, like on my <laughs> chest. Yeah, on my chest, <laughs> on my chest and stuff. So that's what I have it for. Now I'm thinking, oh, my God. And, I, and I'm like, and he's using it on his face. And Phil's like, well, you're, you're so gross. <laughs> Oh uh, at least he didn't wipe his with his balls. Oh, so I'm that's true. That's true. Well, it's, it's underneath his arms and shit. So you're sitting there wiping your face and you're loving this thing. I'm going, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. And, I was dying. Uh, oh, oh, it was so gross. And yeah, I owed after. He's like, oh, this is great. I think he wants to give it. Phil doesn't want this fucking thing back. He's like, I don't want it back. So I was breaking balls. <laughs> I really didn't want to. I wasn't giving it back to him after that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Flitzy, it was disgusting. Can you imagine? So, I mean, he's wiping underneath his arms and his chest, and then he's wiping his face. I mean, I... It was I, all over my forehead. It was up my, right. over my eyes, my mouth, everything. I almost... I mean, it, it, it was... it was. Thankfully, it was funny to me more than it was disgusting. Uh, it, almost to the point of more disgusting where I almost had to leave and go to the bathroom because I was going to throw up. I mean, I that that to me is like throw up 
shit. How do you mention it? It did smell a little bit like Arid Extra Dry. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh my God. So, yeah, he stole Because well, his... you're kind of a, I mean, you're a bit of a, of a germaphobe, Kevin. Oh, a right? bit? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm being polite. Are you kidding me? You are, you're very much. If I would have touched him with that fucking sweat rig, he would have fucking had a cardiac arrest. Okay, right but, there. but, but hang on, Flitzy, okay? Let's say you're sweating profusely. Now, mind you, and I told Dino this before this all happened, I said, go to the bathroom. It's fucking right outside the door. Would you right. go out, would you go to the bathroom or would you ask somebody for their sweat rag? See, well, okay, so I'm going to give a two-part answer to that. I guess if I knew a person had something that I that I felt comfortable enough to use their rag, I could I could see I could see Dino doing that. If I was in a room full of strangers, then then I would have hit the bathroom probably first. But yeah. I, I would still say I would I would probably lean toward going to the bathroom to use water or something before I would ask somebody else. Sure. But I, I, I can I can see where Dino's coming from. But, you know, because because Phil's not a total stranger. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I wouldn't. Well, listen, I wouldn't if I would have known that he wiped his armpits with I never would have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Right. But, you know, it's one of those things where what I didn't know didn't hurt me at the time. Right. Because right. I was very uncomfortable. So fuck right. it. Right. So I've taken numerous showers since then, so I'm fine. And I'm sure his his towel, like, I mean, I'm sure if you had grabbed it and it was soaking wet, then you probably wouldn't have used it. But oh. I, I'm, so I'm guessing it was probably dry enough for you to be like, oh, I just he has a towel in his pocket. Yeah, not after I got done with it, but fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, so gross. But yeah, other than that, I mean, I, I uh, introduced uh Dan Carter. Dan Carter gave a speech, which was which was nice. So I introduced him. He gave a wonderful speech. It's on the uh, Carter for Vapors Facebook page. I put it up today. Somebody recorded it, thank God. So it's up there so you can see it. Uh, he did very well. I came off the stage after giving the speech, and somebody recognized my voice and asked to take a picture with me, and uh, I did, reluctantly. <laughs> 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 well, it's like, listen, if you listen to my show, you know, I mean, I don't care. That's fine. I just, you know, I, I didn't, as long as the guy didn't touch me, I didn't, he didn't touch me or anything. I didn't touch me. It was fine. Because, again, I'm, 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 a, I'm a freak like that. But, uh, right. Yeah, it was, uh, but, you know, it, it was okay. I mean, it, it was, it, it was what it was. There was more vendors there than last time. I, I don't think there was as many people there as there was, uh, before then. But, uh, it was all right. I mean, it was cool. It was nice to see, uh, people I haven't seen in a while. And, uh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Dino had fun, too, I'm sure. Dino spent the night, actually. I, I went home because I had to go to my high school reunion, but I didn't know that Dino actually spent the night. So No, we stood over, me and my wife. You yep. know, she went I, She went to the spa. She got a massage and a facial, and then we went to the the Red Lantern. Uh, I think it was the Red Lantern. It was a, uh, you have a, you, Do you know what Asian fusion is? Yes. Yeah. You, you know what it is. Okay, so it's pretty much... A for people who don't know what Asian fusion is, it's a Chinese restaurant that can charge you three times as much for Chinese food. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so me and my wife had Chinese food. It cost me three hundred dollars for Chinese food. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. It was good. Don't get me wrong, but Asian fusion is a scam. I I went to a place there called Noodles when I was there for lunch. I went by myself. It was this little place called Noodles, and it was a, a Korean barbecue. Mm-hmm. And I had barbecue pork. And all it was was a bowl of barbecue pork. Oh, my fucking God. It was so good. That's the best barbecue <laughs> pork I've ever had in my life. It was so delicious. I, 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 it, it was fantastic. And it was only like, I think, 10 bucks, 9, 10 bucks. 
it was phenomenal. It was so fucking good. So, yeah, I had that. And then on the way back, I stopped at a few slot machines. And I won, like, $300 in, like, fucking 10 minutes. And then I went, nice. and, sp- or I went and spent it on Jamie and Emma. And so that was gone. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was crazy. It's like every time I go there, I play slots, I win. It's nuts. Every time I go to the other one, Mohegan, I always lose. So I'm not going to play slots at, at, at Mohegan anymore. Which, that's not true. I'm a liar because this Saturday I have to take uh, Jamie to go see Black Sabbath because she got tickets for Christmas. I bought her tickets. And it's at Mohegan. And I, there's no way I'm not going to fucking stop at a slot machine. So I know, even though I know I'm going to lose, I'm, I'm probably going to do it anyway. I can't, you know, it's there. You got to. You got to at least stop. Give it a shot. You know, while I was there, I was walking by. You know, they got a million juice vendors at these events. Yes. And uh, so I'm walking by and I see a juice maker that has. You ever see those uh, grape taffy? They're like little taffy candies. Yes. Yeah. So I see this guy. He's got grape taffy candy on his counter. So I walked over and. I'm making believe I'm looking at his fucking juice and I grab a grape taffy <laughs> and I eat the fucking thing. And he goes, you like grape taffy? I says, yeah. He goes, here, we'll try this juice. So I had just eaten this grape taffy and he, and I tried the juice. It was on spot on. Really? I, I bought a bottle of this and I fucking, I vaped, I vaped like 30 mils of this fucker already. Really? <laughs> oh my God. It's just like a fucking grape taffy candy. Who, what, nice. what, what juice was it? Uh, the company's called Puckers Sucker or Sucker Puckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the name of the juice is Inky. Inky. I N K Y. And it's hmm. blueberry grape taffy. It's it's really good. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, I like it. Interesting. I like I like grape taffy, so I'll have to try that as well. I will have to try that. Okay, so. I want to get to walks. Uh, I don't want to keep uh, Flitzy. Uh, you see what's going on with Rip Trippers, Flitzy? What's going on with that? Listen, oh, I, 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 th- I think the guy's a douchebag. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, if he, I guess he's just trying to raise money. So the guy's trying to raise money. What's wrong with that? People are going crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think I, yeah, I think the uh, I think the intention is great. And um, I, uh, I I think he uh, is probably reacting to the video of him surfacing again um i don't know if you if you caught it like the uh several months back after he had made his dry knuckle video um he took it down because everybody was like you're a fucking idiot so he pulled it down and people had saved it obviously and so somebody spliced it together and made it appear yes like it was a still blowing smoke commercial right i saw that yep uh and it was not posted by the official so blowing smoke people, whatever. So everybody saw it. Everybody started bitching at the, the people on the YouTube channel. They eventually pulled it again. And so uh, now it's resurfaced and it came up. Somebody said that they saw it as a live tele, not a live television commercial, but a commercial on live television during the Olympics. What? And so, so everybody's flipping their shit. And so I'm like, first off, no one has the money <laughs> in, to buy. I mean, the tobacco obviously does have the money to do this, but I'd be like, you know, the still blowing smoke group, whatever in California, like they're not going to pay so many millions of dollars to put a shitty commercial that's like two minutes long on during the Olympics. So I'm like that, that didn't happen. Somebody has just brought it up again. It's resurfaced and they're, they're making a big deal about it. I mean, the, the, 
actual video is terrible. I mean, for people to see it, like it, it is a very bad uh, public yes. perception and public image of vaping. Yes, it is. Um, but it was I, as far as the people I know that have looked at it, like it doesn't appear to be any type of official still blowing smoke propaganda. It just looks like somebody pulled the shit and spliced it together and is just making a big fuss about it again. I mean, it, it's, so you know, it, I mean, obviously they don't have our best intentions <laughs> for, for what they're doing with it, but, right. um, does, but has yeah, so anybody I, posted any it, proof that this was actually on a television set being played as a commercial on television? No, okay. no, I've never seen right. it. And, uh, and I actually, I, I asked, uh, Stefan about it and he was like, there's, there's no way there's, literally no way that anyone got that commercial on especially during the olympics and i mean because right. from from what i what i'm gathering is i would think commercial time during the olympics would probably be the equivalent of commercial time during the super bowl if if not more so um yeah so i i would assume it would take just bajillions of of dollars to to have a video and plus it was like 2 minutes long it wasn't you know, a 15 second clip or a 30 second clip. Like it wasn't professional. It wasn't, you know, it didn't fit in the time slot. So like there's, I don't think there's any way that it could have well, been on well, television. Okay. Well, put it this capacity. way. The only, uh, people that would, uh, produce that because it was modeled after a map modeled after a still blowing smoke ad was still blowing smoke. Now, right. could they have taken it and played it on California television stations during the olympics as a local commercial it's possible that is possible but right. if they did do this it would more than likely be up on their website with all their other commercials which it's not right uh right. so my guess would be that somebody is just making this up unless i see proof i believe it's a lie believe it's being made up and you know so, so that's why they're mad. So, so they're mad because they think this commercial went out, and uh, and uh, so, so oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I kind of feel like you know, because uh. he he seems to do this that something happens, a big stink comes out, and he he doesn't say anything and he doesn't address it directly. He'll just do something else to distract people from what is going on, <laughs> and right. uh, so I think that's. And I'm not going to call it a stunt. It's because it's not a it's not, you know, it, it from from what I've seen and Greg Conley approved it, I guess, like he, you know, he was in the video that the money is literally going directly into the ABA account. So right. I don't think there's any, uh, you know, there's no skimming. There's no keeping any of the money or anything like that. Like, I mean, it, it does seem to be legitimately being being donated directly to the ABA. Oh, I'm sure. And, uh, I'm sure it is. I, I'm sure all the money's going. And uh, listen, I'm not fond of rip trippers, but if right. he's somehow getting people to give money, then uh, you know what? Let's be real. That's more than most of these YouTube reviewers are doing, because a if lot all those if all of those subscribers that he has are actual real people, right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I'm just saying you have you have a lot of YouTubers <laughs> out there. I mean, what? listen, what are they doing? Okay, I'm, I'm going to take away Ruby Roo because Ruby Roo, from what I understand, uh, is uh, became a board member, is part of the board of uh, Not Blowing Smoke. 
So she's actually doing something. So she gets she right. gets a pass. She's actually doing something. The rest of them aren't. They're posting on right. their fucking Instagrams and Facebooks. Uh, you know, check out Kassaw, check out Safana. It's not doing shit that doesn't do anything. That does absolutely right. nothing. They can post all they want all day on their fucking asshole Instagrams or Facebooks or Twitters, uh, mention on their YouTube videos and feel good because they feel like they're doing something. I'm sorry, that's not doing anything. It's not doing you're preaching to people that already know and most don't give a fuck. It's not doing anything. Right. And, and that's that's a, and that's a fair point. I, I, I will say that is a, a fair point. And so so he did definitely take action and set something up to uh, to do something positive. So my, I guess my concern would be like, why didn't this happen uh, at any point in the past? Right. Why did it just why did it seem that 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 this video coincided with this resurgence of the other shitty video about the dry knuckles bullshit? So that's that's the only part where I'm like, well, it's still kind of backpedaling. Like, you know it what? Feels you know like what? Maybe maybe, but... maybe he's losing viewers. Maybe he's losing subscribers. Maybe he's a little bit concerned, so he wants to do something to get some attention. And the only yeah. reason he's doing it is 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 to get attention. Uh, that could be yeah. it. But you know what? At yeah. least uh, and and whatever. But at least it, it's it's getting money uh, raised for uh, right. you know groups advocacy groups that need it. I mean, it's you know yeah. It could be exactly. a number of yeah. things. It, it could be that he just doesn't uh, feel as famous, and he wants to. Uh, who knows what? It, it could be. It could be anything. Listen, I, I'm right. not fond of the guy either. I think I, I. I don't get it. I don't get his fucking videos. I don't fucking understand it. But you know, <laughs> I really don't. But you know, and, and I certainly think the dry knuckles thing was complete fucking horse shit. That 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 video, and uh, it was definitely selling us out. But whatever. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and the end result of what he's doing is fantastic, whether and, and that's the point that you're that you're making as yes. well, like whether or not we like the person or agree with anything that he does, like none of that at this point is totally relevant. Um, it, it is relevant that he has made a video and has set up a direct way to donate to AVA. And right. that is a positive thing. That's right. That's right. And if Dino doesn't have a problem with it, then I don't either. So I want to get to this. Um, a billion lives. You saw a billion lives. I saw a billion lives. Do you know he saw a billion lives? I saw it. I saw it. I want to see a billion <laughs> lives. I do want to see it. And I, and I do believe it's going to come to New York City. I believe we could get 100 people in New York City. You know, that, that's what they're saying now. They're saying yeah. if you wanted to come to your city, if you can get 100 people to buy tickets, then they'll bring it to your city. And that can yes. very easily be done in New York City. So I'm sure. And when it comes to New York City, Dino, you and I will go. I'll, I'll go up there and I'll spend the night and uh, we'll do a whole billion lives thing. But uh, you, you did see a billion lives. Now, what 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 were your thoughts on? Well, first, I want to ask you this, because there okay. I did see people talk about it and say the first 15 minutes seems like it goes on too long. Did you feel that way? <laughs> I well, I feel like the first fifteen minutes kind of, um, and this I I guess this is more like uh, the storytelling side of it and the artistic side of it. Like, it felt like it was going to have a different direction than the movie actually took. Okay. Um, because it was kind of talking about the history of tobacco and like where did this all start and blah blah blah. You know, so the first yeah, the first fifteen minutes or, or so was. Um, was kind of talking about like, uh, and and I I feel like an idiot. I totally just forgot where it, what country it actually was in. But um, but yeah, I mean they were talking about the origins of tobacco and the the first groups of of people that were that were using tobacco and uh, and this and that. And so it seemed like it was going to be leading in a direction of like, 
you know, what what native cultures were using it and what countries and where did it, you know, how did it progress and how did it become such a, you know, commercial product and this and that. But it didn't go that direction. But the first 15 minutes-ish kind of felt like it was going to. And so I, I, I can only guess maybe that's what they were talking about because it was a little, you know, historical documentary, like National Geographic-ish. But... um. But yeah, like it, it didn't it didn't really feel artistically like it had much to do with the rest of the content of the movie. So I, I would I would wonder if maybe he had a slight, you know, maybe his vision of the movie kind of changed, but he didn't want to, you know, abandon that little bit of information or something. But right, uh, right. yeah, so it, it kind of yeah, it definitely it felt a little more National Geographic, -y, a little more History Channel ish before it jumped into the uh, you know, the actual I, I say conspiracy, but not conspiracy in a bad way. But, um, you know, before I kind of started jumping into the the money grubbing people and the and the government and the, the you know, the corruption and all of that stuff. Right. Right. So it just gave the history of tobacco and then it worked its way up to where we are now with uh, electronic cigarettes vaping. Now, now you say it's interesting. You say kind of the conspiracy conspiracy ish conspiracy-ish, if that's correct right. stuff. I mean, is, is, is he like, is he, is he stating facts in the movie, things that really have happened, or is it more of a, like, yes. his theory on it, what yes. he thinks is going on? No, it, it's, there, there is a, it, there's a lot of facts in the movie, and it's a lot of, um, uh, it's a lot, okay, so, in a, in a broad stroke, it's a lot of the information that we, as educated vapors, probably already know right so it it may not uh there may not be anything in the movie that's going to be life-changing for yeah you know for your uh for your brain where you're not gonna it's not like you're gonna pick up something that you've not heard already or possibly even researched already um but it 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 presents it in a way that i think is consumable by mass media or by ma like by the mass uh, populace. Um, and I think it's direct and, and and honest enough to where it does not come off as being uh, conspiracy laden or quacky or, you know, oh, the government's out to get you. Like, it's not it's not like that. Right. And I, that was actually a concern of mine is that I, I wondered uh, if it was going to come out that way, if it was going to be, you know, like uh, the moon landing was faked, you know, like you, there, there are documentaries and shit about stuff like that, that, that I'm into, yep. but it can come off as being very wacky. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's stupid. I'm not going to watch this. So, uh, so it definitely, it came out very, you know, to me, it, it, it seemed very honest. It seemed very factual. It seemed very, uh, yeah, the people that were in it and that were involved seemed very educated about what was going on. Um, so I think, uh, you know, me, my personal opinion is I think if you showed that to a, uh, an, an average non-smoking, non-vaping individual that had no interest in the whole thing, like, I feel like they would learn a lot about, uh, about where money and power lies in, you know, cancer treatment and tobacco money and your state budget and federal money, like all the things that we kind of know about in a roundabout way um it does kind of put it all out there in a in a nice easily consumable 
you know, 90 ish minutes. So, um, well, I was going to ask you that next. So like somebody who doesn't vape or smoke that you think they would find, they would find it interesting. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, it, because it was, you know, it was, uh, I, cause I went into it expecting it to be a lot of, um, uh, I mean, a, a lot of the information that, like I said, and I've repeated this multiple times and I'm sorry, but like the same information that we would kind of know as an educated vapor that has looked into this problem for several years, um, that, you know, we know about the master settlement agreement. We know that pharmaceuticals are making more money than God on treating cancer. We know that, uh, you know, states are suffering because their budgets are fucked because they've spent money that they don't have and they're not getting as much of it from tobacco now. And, you know, all, all those little weird bullet points that the, I, I would think the mass population doesn't know about because it doesn't directly concern their life. I mean, it, it and once they would find out about that, I think maybe they would change their opinion if right. they realized that their state <laughs> is taking so much money from tobacco and they've spent it. And that's why, uh, you know, that's why they push for tobacco sales to, to do well. And, you know, like the, again, with the whole thing with the master settlement agreement, um, and, but that, that's, yeah, the, it, that's the insane thing here. And I, you know what, I wish this guy would have gotten in touch with me before he made this fucking movie because they, he would have put this in this movie a few year, a few years ago on NBC. They were talking about the uh, yearly money Connecticut gets from the Master Tobacco Settlement Act, the millions right. of dollars we get, and the reporter just casually states that he he's expressing how that money's supposed to go towards uh, anti-smoking education, educating kids, adults, anti-smoking programs. Uh, and how zero percent of that money go towards goes towards that zero, right. nothing, not right. a fucking dime of it, and just casually says it like it's it's no big deal. And I watch this going, oh my god, are you kidding me? I that yeah. that is in, now that should have been that's crazy. People now, I do think someone who doesn't smoke or vape would hear that and go, wow, really? So that money's supposed right. to be going to that, and none of it is. I mean, it's not against the law. I mean, well, what's going on here? Where, where is it going? What the fuck are they doing with it? What? I mean, that's yeah. Which is basically like it's not going to it because they don't have it. Yeah. <laughs> like they've already spent it. And so all the money that they're getting is just, you know, like filling in their their budget deficit that they've already fucked up. And so they don't it's like they don't have the money to do the things that they're supposed to be doing with the money. And uh, yeah, it's it's very fucking corrupt and yeah. it's crazy. Um, and that, you know, and that is factual information like that's not made up that's not conjecture it's not uh you know it, it's not theory it's that's provable i mean that's you know you can track that <laughs> and uh yeah so i mean like especially things like that it seems like the mass you know the, the majority of people like mass population would would want to know these things and um yeah and the fact that nobody really knows about that i mean like I have random conversations with coworkers and stuff, you know, like it, it kind of comes up here and there and, uh, they have no idea that I do any of this stuff, right. <laughs> but, um, they just know that I I've been a vapor for a long time. And so like, they'll ask me something like there is a, a lady at work, um, that her juice that she was buying her store that, uh, that she got it from couldn't sell it anymore and this and that. And she's like, what's going on? 
And so I thought it was probably the bottling issue, like the whole thing with the safety caps or what, you know, because there's a bunch of shit that people had to pull and they couldn't sell until they got their certification stuff. So I'm like, it's probably this. And like, you know, and then she's like, well, what's going on with all this stuff? And I kind of touched on the the main points of it. And, you know, I'm like the master settlement agreement and this and that. And they're like, I've never heard of this. Like, I had no idea that this master settlement agreement was even a real th- that that it was even a thing. And um so I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think there there's a huge amount of people out there that that have no clue that our you know that our states get so much money from tobacco, right? And, no, they have no and idea. That's that's a huge thing. It is, and and, and I'm and I'm glad. I was really hope that was my most. I mean, I'm 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 eventually going to see it. I'm sure it's going to come around here, and I will see it. But I was just hoping that it would be appealing to a non-smoker, non-vapor. That's because that, that that's extremely important that it is. You know, I was watching this. Uh, I was I was on my uh, XBMC box uh, a few yeah. weeks ago, and I came across some Michael Moore documentary. I guess the latest one he did. I don't know. And he was. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, there was a portion of it he was talking about school lunches and what uh, schools serve for lunch in various countries. Now, normally uh-huh. I would give two fucks about that. I don't, you know, why would I give a shit about it? But I watched this in, in other, other, utter fascination. I couldn't believe it. You know, it, it's like he was showing what our school lunches are, which are fucking pathetic. And he was showing it in other countries like France actually like they actually use. He, he was sitting down with them in France for the kids. These are, mind you, elementary school kids. They're using yeah. real uh, silverware. They're using China. Uh, the menus were phenomenal. They were having appetizers, main course, desserts. They were showing how to use a fork. They were drinking in real glasses. I mean, you know, he's like, this food is like phenomenal. And he was going to all these yeah. different countries where, you know, he went to another country where uh, they were discussing, uh, you know, uh, they don't even, uh, I don't know if it was New Zealand. It was one of the, I may have been New Zealand, but it was a country where they don't even have tests or quizzes. No tests, no quizzes. <laughs> they just don't do that. I mean, you know, and, and, and these people, and they show how, how they teach kids. They, they don't overburden them with school and tests and quizzes and all this and that. I mean, it was just showing what a joke our education system is compared to other countries around the world, which I found very fascinating. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I was hoping, you know, and I'm watching this and I'm thinking, I hope a billion lives is like this, where someone who can give a fuck about vaping or cigarettes will watch this and go, wow, this is interesting. So it's I'm happy that that's what it is. I really am. Yeah. That's good. Sorry, and, my my cat was rubbing on my microphone just now. <laughs> I don't know if you heard any purring or anything. My cat is climbing all over my desk. But yeah, it was. Um, it it definitely because I was I was a little. Sorry, hang on. I'm losing a drip tip. My cat is. All right, sorry. I got. I, by the way, do you know I got a new uh, Jess Marie from uh, Double Helix Designs? Got a new drip tip for the Velocity. Not many people are really making those, so got a new oh. drip tip for the Velocity. Cool. Anyway, I want to um, know if you fucking if you bootlegged the fucking movie or not. No, <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Somebody mentioned that in chat. No, I, I did not bootleg the movie. <laughs> but, um, and the oh, so the other thing, by the way, uh, the the whole getting a hundred people to go, you know, to, to commit to tickets and they'll bring it to the city. That is a real thing. That yes. was. Uh, Aaron, the guy that made the movie, that he brought that up when he was in Oklahoma City, that uh, that apparently there's uh, some type of company entity of some sort that is is kind of, you know, he's in works with that is kind of taking care of that. That if you know they kind of made the deal that if they can uh, if they can guarantee a hundred seats, then they'll help basically foot the bill 
to to get it into that theater. So so that is a verified thing. That's not just a weird random thing going around on the Internet. That's that's unfounded. That that is an actual thing. No, it is. And and, and it's got to get out there. It's got to start getting attention so that uh, somebody like a Netflix or an HBO or a movie studio would be interested in in distributing it. I mean, it's 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 got to be done that way. I saw someone talking about, uh, I don't know where I saw it, maybe it was Facebook or somewhere, where, uh, you know, the Blair Witch Project did the same thing. You know, they, yeah. they had to have little tiny showings, and he actually got to see it before anybody even knew what the fuck it was. And, right. you know, it got enough attention, and, and it eventually got out there, and you saw how huge, you know, that became. So, uh, yeah, and, and then, the, you know, you have the assholes going, oh, I just put it on YouTube. I go, fuck you. They spent a lot of, someone spent, they spent, and whoever, investors spent a lot of money to fucking have this movie made, and they got to get their investment back and make something off it, you jerk-offs. Hey, I right. want you yeah. to put it on YouTube. Well, you fucking pay a few million dollars <laughs> to have a movie made, then you put it on YouTube and lose all that money. People are stupid. Yeah. I mean, I still see that around. Uh, yeah. It was just upload it and let us watch it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I get that a lot from people out kind of outside of the, the, you know, like just friends, not not vapors, but just outside friends are like, well, if it if it's that big of a message and that important, why don't they just give it out for free? Like, well, I don't think he made the movie to get rich, but I'm sure he made the movie because he's a filmmaker exactly. and he wants to make money Exactly, because that's a job. Yep. I mean, whether or not you, you know, it's it's something, you know, you can tell the guy's you know, he's passionate about it and he wants the information out there. But at the end of the day, I mean, just much like, you know, you running an e-cig shop, like you want to help people, but you have bills to pay. That's right. So it's, you know, ultimately there, there's a business side of it. And then there's, you know, let me help you side of it. But you know, the, those, both of those avenues have to be met, I think. And so, uh, yeah, so it, it is kind of silly to say, well, just put it on YouTube for free. Like, well, I'm sure there were millions that were spent in making this movie or hundreds of thousands, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are people that need to get paid back and investors and this and that, and people have to recoup costs before they could do something like that. So, yeah. So it's, it is stupid to think, Oh, well, if it's that important, just play it for free. It's not how it works. It's not how it works at all. all. Exactly. (laughs) Well, that's good. I'm glad you enjoyed. I, I mean, I, I'm definitely going to see it again. I don't. I, I I'm just going to wait for it to come to New York City. I know it'll eventually come here. It's a, it's a big place, and uh, they'll easily be able to sell that many tickets. So I'm sure something's probably already being put together as we speak. Uh, the only weird thing is, is uh, Dino's friend Spikey might be there, and that might be a little bit weird. But oh, you know who'll probably be there too, Dino? Is uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Stuart, Stuart Bowers will probably be there too. <laughs> I'll protect you. <laughs> oh, no, I'm Maybe not worried t- about Stuart Powers. I just think it's I think it's funny. <laughs> Maybe uh, maybe Dumb Waldo will go too. That maybe Dumb Waldo might be there too. <laughs> Listen, if I saw w- Dumb Waldo, I would shake the guy's head. I have nothing against. Him. I haven't spoken to that guy in years. I yeah, I have I nothing against him. You know, he he hated me because I was not nice to his friend. Whatever it is, what it is, but. I have nothing against the guy. I mean, I, I would shake his hand and say, how you doing? I mean, yeah. We bumped into him on a train going to uh, Virginia one time. Fucking Russ ran right to the other, back to the other fucking <laughs> side of the train. <laughs> I don't know why he did that. <laughs> That's silly. There, there was uh, so so two two things I will say about the movie. Um, and in case and before, if you may, I mean, if you have other questions, cool. But um, two things I will say. Like one thing, it was uh, 
this is inter- the entertainment side of it yep. was uh, there was a guy that he was the Winston man, the Winston cigarette brand. David Gorlitz. He was the, the yeah, like he was the Winston man. Yes. And uh, and he was in the movie a great deal talking about his experience, you know, being the Winston man. And, you know, after years of doing this and years of smoking and making it glamorous, you know, like he started realizing his health was declining and um, and he started, you know, and, and he was not it's not like he was in board meetings and and seeing financial report like he wasn't involved in any of that shit. But right. he he was even in his position, he was able to start seeing a lot of the corruption and a lot of the uh, the 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 lack of transparency, yes. I guess, about what was going on and the information that they had about the public health effects that they were not necessarily admitting to. And, uh, but yeah, he's, he's, he was a very interesting guy. And so he was at vape showcase, but I don't know like what capacity he was there because they didn't like spotlight him. You know, he was, he didn't have a table. He just happened to be there. They had an advocacy panel and, uh, at the end of the show they were doing, um, you know, raffles and donations and like time with, you know, um, uh, that Azim guy, yeah. uh, I, I don't, Azim, that's the lawyer for the Chowardy, whatever yes. thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so like they were, you know, they were auctioning off like an hour of time to spend with Azim and, but they auctioned off a dinner with, uh, with David. And so I'm like, wait, that's the Winston man. So he was there, but I never, I didn't get a chance to find him and, and get a picture with him or anything. But, uh, but yeah, so I thought that was kind of cool. He was there. Maybe, Maybe he's from the area. I don't I don't know because they they didn't really like I said, they didn't spotlight it. So I don't know what capacity he was actually there. Like if he was just happened to be hanging out or what. But he, li- uh, he lives in Pennsylvania. Um, I've had him on the show a few times, like a long time ago. He, I've had him on to tell a story and everything. Uh, I know he lives in Pennsylvania. I, I don't I, I think he was at other premieres, too. I mean, I, I, uh-huh. I don't know. I may, maybe it's something where he, I don't know. I don't even want to say that because I don't even want to uh, guess. But yeah, I he, mean, well, he may just, he may be passionate about it now. He may. Yeah. I mean, oh, he's always he been, was vaping. He's always been passionate about it. I mean, he's always uh, 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 been very passionate about vaping. Listen, he was uh, for for a while. He was president of the uh, uh, TVCA. David Gorlitz was. Oh wow! Yes. That didn't last long because he had to deal with uh, that fucking jerk off there. But uh, Ray Story. But uh, yeah, I mean, so yeah, he he he's been he's been active in in this for quite a while. So oh, uh, that's really cool. So David Gloats is in it. Were there any vape famous people that were in it? Um, there was <laughs> there was uh, there was kind of a little blurb, like it was kind of like the uh, the pop culture like uh, mashup of yep. you know public image and this and that and like. Um, kind of like a, I, I don't even know how to call it. Like, it it was showing, I guess, cultural images of of vaping and you know people blowing clouds and this and that and like people in shops and doing tornadoes and blowing rings and stuff. And it it showed basically a a, a split second of Rip and a split second of Grim, but that was it. <laughs> so those two those two made it into it. But uh, it was it was basically like Grim and I don't. I don't even remember what word he said, but like it was, it was a one, like a, you know, split second Rad. clip of, of, <laughs> of a split second clip of him saying a word and of Rip saying a word. And I, and I actually, I think because Rip, Rip said, is, Rad, 
Rip said tits. I think so. Yes, yeah. rad tits. <laughs> and so, uh, so it it was not a, it wasn't a, it was not an integral part of the of the film. It was just a, a little mashup. Well, Pasardo and Dimitri ain't in the fucking thing. I ain't going to see it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! How dare they not put them in? I mean, for Christ's sakes. No, that's good. Uh, listen, there, listen, because they're not in, I'm going uh, to see it. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. I said because they're not in it, I am going to see it. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, there is a lot of interview time with uh, the guy that runs ECF. Yes, and Oliver, I, I forget yes. the guy's name, but um, which I I wasn't quite sure how I felt about that. Um, I mean because the guy, I mean obviously the guy, you know, he has a major impact or had, you know, I don't know if he still does. I guess it's still relevant, but. Um, yeah, I mean, because back in the day, I used ECF for you know roughly two years before Vapor's Forum came along, because ECF eventually turned into uh, a, a super rule laden, and like you couldn't do anything, you couldn't say anything, like you could have no opinions, and it was all basically to make money. So, I, I personally, that's my opinion. Like, there's there's a, a shift in how ECF was a friendly environment and became more of an advertiser's environment. And, uh, but you know, so years ago I do feel that ECF was much more relevant than it is now. But, um, but yeah, so the guy was in it for, you know, quite a while, but it, it seemed kind of strange because he just runs a website. <laughs> so I didn't really know how I personally felt about him being, having that much time in the movie but um you know what i I, know, I think he had a lot of time because uh i for a few reasons number one yes oliver does own ecf but he does a lot more outside of that when it comes to <laughs> advocacy we just don't notice it because we're here in the united states uh right. over in europe he, he's very very involved uh, he has okay. been yeah he has been for many many years uh he's been vaping since what 2007 uh, yeah, I he, think it was like 2007. Yeah, he's had the he had the first uh, website about vaping and electronic cigarettes, the very first four. I mean, he's been around since the beginning. Right. Uh, so I think because of that and his role in advocacy and, and he, he I, listen, I, I talk to Oliver every once in a while, like maybe every few months I'll talk to Oliver. Uh, he knows a lot. I mean, he even follows what's going on over here and uh, we talk and, you know, he gives me what, whatever information he has. I give him mine. He is extremely knowledgeable and very up to what's going on with uh, regulations and rules, not just over there, here, all, all over the world. I mean, he's very, very involved. People don't know that because they just right. know, well, yeah, he's a guy that owns ECF. He's Smokey Joe. But he really, and that's probably why um, they had him so heavily involved. Yeah, I did see that he was in there. I didn't know what his role was, but apparently what you're saying, he's in there. Quite a bit, yeah, he had he had a, he had a decent amount of time, and that that's actually good to hear because I mean, and and I you know I don't know that I've never spoken to him, and I don't know anything about him, but yeah, it, that that was my perception. So if he if he is doing that much and is that involved, then uh, you know, then I I will definitely retract my insults. But yeah, because <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> at first it was kind of weird because it's like he just he runs a forum. Like I mean, obviously he's helped you know millions of people with that forum. But uh, but it was yeah, it was kind of a strange like I, I didn't quite understand his role because he you know, he's not in a health organization. He's not, uh, y you know, like it, it. Yeah, to me, it seemed kind of weird. So that and maybe like that's something that maybe they should have showcased better, I guess. Uh, right. 
right because they don't really they don't really mention anything about him doing any kind of uh work you know in advocacy or, or anything like that like right it because they you know they have a lot of people from like the world health organizations they have people from other different i, I only remember that one because of the who but um that you know there are multiple experts from these different world organizations that deal with with health related stuff and uh so yeah so like in and again, I mean, the Winston man, like he had, you know, personal interaction with being involved in the, the, the glamour days of cigarettes. But then it was like this guy that runs a forum. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah, it, it, it seemed kind of a, like a weird placement, but, but that, that does make sense then. But, um, yes. so, and so the other thing, so I, I don't forget to say this. So the other thing that they did bring up, there was one guy and I cannot remember his name, but uh, again, I saw the film once and I'm terrible with remembering super details like that. But he the point that he made and I'm kind of butchering his actual, you know, verbose response about it. But he had said that it's very interesting because vaping is kind of akin to like the cure for polio or like learning about antiseptics or doctors learning to wash their hands. And uh, being that this is a method to eliminate such a high percentage of sickness and death and cancers and, you know, and all this, all these health issues that are related to smoking and, and even, you know, secondhand smoking and all this tobacco related smoking death and and destruction um you know he was like this is this is an extreme paradigm shift that we haven't had such an impactful uh method of changing public health in you know in decades and so why is the government trying to stop that you know and it was and again like i'm i'm kind of butchering the way he was saying all this but it was very poignant like it it was very it was it was a very deep perspective of that whole concept that right. I had never really thought about, um, you know, because sometimes we, you know, I I think we kind of get uh, tunnel vision about like, well, I just want to keep vaping. This is keeping me from smoking. But you're not, you know, like we don't think about, you know, we we are eliminating secondhand smoke. We're eliminating, you know, passing on smoking related illnesses to children. I mean, if if parents are smoking or mothers are smoking, their unborn children, you know, can inherit certain things from from these illnesses. And, you know, he's like, this is eliminating so much in public health and, uh, you know, and and could even theoretically drastically lower uh, you know, health insurance premiums and, you know, the amount of the amount of time that people are spending in hospitals and and dealing with asthma and emphysema. And I mean, asthma, asthma related to tobacco, not, you know, some people are right. just born with asthma. Yep. But, um, you know, like emphysema and cancers, especially. And, um, you know, it's like, why why is the government fighting something that is that is that monumental in changing the face of public health? And, uh, and, and it was, it was a very well, a very well-made point. Right. But, uh, and, and that was, that was one of the big things that I took away from the movie that I, like I said, I, I didn't really think of it in, in that perspective that, uh, you know, that, that we haven't had a major <laughs> medical breakthrough in, in many, many years. And, uh, 
and that's kind of, you know, vaping is kind of that thing. Absolutely it is. I mean, I remember seeing this in 2009, uh, yeah. I, and I thought that my, the, the first time I saw an e-cigarette, I instantly bought it, and I said, oh, my God, this, this is like, this is the greatest thing ever. I mean, I this is going to be the next internet. This is going to be the next telephone, the next cell phone. I mean, it, this was, I knew it when I saw it. I said, this is huge. <laughs> this is fucking right. huge. I mean, you know, you, I, I just knew, and I think a lot of people knew, and, and, and it is. It's amazing. So, so I, I'm, you've given a good review of A Billion Lives. Flitzano suggests it. I'm definitely going to see it. I think if it comes to your city, everybody should see it. Um, you said they had a little clip where they were like kind of showing uh, like real quickly what goes on with the online thing and everything. They were showing cloud tricks, I'm sure, in that little clip, which is terrible. Speaking of uh, uh, vape tricks, I saw this on the FDA website. Vape tricks on social media, implications for electronic cigarette regulation for youth. FDA says right. in previous research, investigators determined that adolescent e-cigarette users found the ability to perform smoke tricks using e-cigarettes to be highly appealing. However, right. no information is available about how vaping images and advertisements entice youth and how social media communications teach youth how to modify e-cigarettes to produce smoke tricks. The goals of this project are to analyze social media sites popular among youth to obtain user and industry perspectives on e-cigarettes. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so the FDA is pointing out that these smoke tricks like these V-God morons everybody else is doing is is, is, is appealing to children. Yeah. Yes. V-God. Yes. So you want to who's watching V-God? According to them, teenagers. Teenagers right. love it. They love, they love the vape tricks. Thank you, uh, V-God. Thanks a lot for <laughs> that. <laughs> now, I w okay, so I, so, and more adult adolescents. <laughs> so I, when I saw that, and I see a lot of people freaking out about it. Um, to me, the way that reads, and and I again, I could be wrong, but the way that reads, it seems that basically that is stating that there has been a green light for this to become an area of study. It doesn't seem to right. indicate that anything is being done about it or done with it. It just seems like it's stating that there has been an approval to do this type of, of observation and study. Right. But now with the, now, with the way it reads. Yes. But think about this for a second. Uh, Dino, I know for Dino and myself, we're not sitting there um, watching uh, vape trick videos. Uh, I'm sure Flitzano isn't either. I'm sure most adults, you know, aren't sitting there watching. Who do you think is watching these vape trick videos? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it, it, it's ridiculous. It's it's you know they say oh they're just having fun. It's not harmful. Well, obviously it is harmful now because now it's on the FDA's radar as to right. a trigger uh, to appeal to youth to use e-cigarettes because they want to do these stupid fucking vape tricks. What what if we see throughout? You know, I know for the past year. I've seen where uh, vapors have gone after kids on YouTube, 13, 14-year-old kids making these fucking videos. And they're going, oh, my God, and they're reporting them to YouTube and having them taken down. But what do all these 13 and 14-year-old kids, what are they doing on their, their vaping YouTubes? They're doing vape tricks. They're doing right. smoke tricks, as they call them. They're not doing reviews. They're doing these fucking tricks. And yep. uh, it, it, it's ridiculous. It's not needed. I think it's embarrassing for us as, as vapors, and I just wish it'd go away. That's my opinion. If you don't like it, I don't give a <laughs> fuck. Go do your stupid fucking vape tricks. And, and that actually segues to that. There, that was kind of mentioned in a roundabout way in the movie. Um, 
that he did kind of talk about that, you know, that aspect of, uh, of cloud chasing volume vapors, the politically correct term. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he talked about that. He's like, there, there's also in history, there has never been a way to, you know, to assist someone in, in getting away from traditional cigarettes that has been fun. And that's what vaping is. And it seems like that's, that's an area. I mean, and again, and I, I don't disagree with you that, but it's just that, that, that is an area where as a vapor, we can have fun by, by stopping smoking. And, you know, cause like using a patch isn't fun using, you know, chewing gum isn't fun, but blowing huge clouds or doing, you know, doing tricks and shit. Like it's a fun way to get away from doing something harmful to yourself. But, uh, I mean, and it, it, he wasn't really saying like, do it or don't do it. He was just saying it, it's, it's interesting that, you know, that we do have an actual fun way to do this. And that seems to be, uh, taken in a very negative way. So yeah, I mean, you know, you know, by the media, by the perception, it's, it's a very negative connotation that people are doing this stuff. And it's like, it, it's, we don't have, we don't really have a precedent for that because we've never had a fun way to do what we're doing. See, do you know cloud, cloud competitions are fun? I, I, I went to the cloud comp in uh, Vape Northeast. <laughs> yes, did you did. did you win? I no, I didn't <laughs> enter. I was a spectator. No, he was a spectator. <laughs> he went there. Him and uh, he went with uh, people started a sweat rag. They had a great time. <laughs> but you got a you got a velocity style deck. You could blow sick clouds. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> we met Phil Basardo's brother. Yes, we did. We met his brother. It, is his name Pete? No. I, I like I like to call Pete because a lot of people mistake P for Pete. Yeah. So I was calling Pete Pizzardo, but He's better been looking than yeah. Phil. Yeah, yeah. He's he's actually better looking. He's in shape. He's he's what uh Phil should have been. <laughs> he's tan too, yeah. like Phil. Yes. Yes. They're very into the tans. But uh so, okay. I, I have, I'm sorry. I, I've talked a lot tonight. I'm sorry. I have a, I do. I've noticed in, in chat, a couple of, a couple of people have been talking about the whole FDA and you were talking about it a little bit earlier about the, the zero Nick and the, the, the regulations of the Z. Oh, oh, hang on. Hang on. We're going to get into that. Hang on. Dino. <laughs> okay. Okay. Dino, we're going to let you go. Okay. Cause Dino's going to be bored out of his mind. I'm about to, I'm about to get this stuff going and he's not going to give a shit. So Dino, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you <laughs> later. All right. Okay. Love you, Dino. All right, buddy. Take care. All right, later. See you. All right. Yeah, Dino will be bored out of his mind with that. Yes, I want. I want to get. I want to get into all that. Uh, and Flitzy's on. He can do this with me. We're gonna get into that. We're okay. Hang on. Let me get my thing set up here. Okay. So I want to get into that. I want to get into the zero nick. I want to get into uh, vape shops not being able to do builds anymore. Okay. Let's get into it. So what I've been. Now I. I was told this. Lots of people have been told this. I personally was told this by Safada. Uh, you've been told this by Safada, by Kasa, uh, by VTA, whatever other groups out there. You've been told this by, by these advocates that have these podcasts and these YouTube channels. There's a bunch of them. Everybody has been told, has been fed the same bullshit. Now, let me tell you something, okay? I was told myself, as well as t tens of thousands of others, that come <laughs> August 8th, I could no longer build coils for my customers. I could no longer uh, change a coil in a customer's tank. I could no longer set up 
their uh, equipment for them. If they bought a, a starter kit, I could no longer set it up for them. I could no longer fill it with e-liquid. I, I couldn't do anything. I, I could assist them and tell them how to, but I could not do it myself. I could no longer uh, wrap batteries for customers. Pretty much all these customers, I couldn't uh, build a, a coil and a dripper. All these things I was told I could not do after August 8th, that I could not that vape right. shops cannot do these things anymore. Okay, Safata, Safata told me that. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Kassad told us that. Liar, liar, pants on fire. VTA told us that. Liar, liar, pants on fire. And all these advocacy podcasts and fucking jerk off YouTube channels. Liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> They're all liars. They all lied. That's a fucking lie. Okay, that's a goddamn lie. That is not true. You have all these, I see all these pictures. I see pictures on Facebook of people with, with one arm and, oh, the FDA says I can't help him. And the guys try, you know, I, I see pictures of people, vendors bitching all over the place. I can't help my customer build a tank anymore. I can't, I can't do drips, drippers anymore. Blah, blah, blah. I can't do this. I can't do that. That's all fucking bullshit. Now, what's interesting is before I get to that, I'd actually wrote something on the VP Live uh, Network Facebook page. I wrote this uh, whole thing about the division of vape shops, uh, Flitzanu, how um. you have the vape shops now that are complying and the vape shops now that are not complying. So what's happening here is, and, and this is absolutely true, 75%, because I run two vape shops, I know this, 75% of customers that come to a vape shop are just people who vape. They don't know Grim right. Green. They don't know Pibusardo. They don't know uh, the Mod Trader. They don't know any of that. They don't know what Kasai is or Safad is, and they don't give a fuck. They don't care. They don't want to know. I know some would say, well, you got to educate them. They don't want to be educated. They just want to buy their fucking shit and leave. They don't care. Right. They just vape. They're just people who vape. So now they're walking into a vape shop. They're being told, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't change your coil in your tank anymore. Or I'm sorry, I can't wick the, uh, your dripper. I can't put cotton in your dripper anymore. Or I'm sorry, I can't ch check out your battery to see you know, what's wrong with it. And they're, they're, well, why not? Why can't you do this? FDA regulations, they're telling them. So these people are going, oh, geez, well, that sucks. You know, that's a bummer. Yeah, that sucks. You can't do that anymore because of the FDA. That really blows. So now what's happening is, is they're going to other vape shops and they're finding the non-compliant vape shop who's going, I'll build your dripper. I won't charge you to fucking try e-liquid. I'll fucking uh, change a coil in your tank. They're not complying to anything. They're doing whatever the fuck they want. So now right. these people are going, holy shit. I got a new place to go to now. Now this is my new vape shop. Fuck that other place because he won't help me. I'm going here. And now right. the compliant vape shops who are, think they're being compliant, but most of the things they're doing they don't have to do because they were lied to, uh, are losing customers daily because these customers are going to go to the vape shop who's simply not going to comply. And they're going to give them the exact same service they were getting before August 8th even happened. Now, if right. this keeps on going on and it'll happen fairly quick, within six months, most compliant vape shops will be out of business. And what the non-compliant shops are also learning is that by doing this, they're gaining all these new customers. They're going, holy fuck, I'm getting all these new customers. This is great. And you may even have compliant vape shops that are saying, fuck that. Let's not be compliant now because we'll get all these customers now. We'll steal all the compliant customers and, 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 and we'll go to them. And, and we'll get yep. we'll, we'll get all their customers and they'll come to us and we'll make all the money and fuck them. Let them go out of business. And that that's happening. That's happening now. And it's going to continue. It's going to continue to happen. 
Now, yeah. here's what I'm so upset about, Flitzy. This is what fucking pisses me off. The, all these fucking people lied to us. They lied to me and they lied to all these other people that are running these vape shops by saying, I can't build drippers. I can't put a coil in a tank. I can't set up a customer setup. That is all complete bullshit. That is fucking right. bullshit. That is not true. Now, if you don't believe me, I'm going to play the FDA actually saying it. And I'm going to get into what uh, Flitz brought up before, which is zero milligram and free samples and all that. But, you know, you're listening to all these groups. You're listening to all these these people with these podcasts and these YouTubes. They're all they're, you're listening to the wrong people. The only people if you're running a, a brick and mortar you should be listening to is the FDA. Get it straight from the FDA. That's who you should be listening to. None of them. None of them. Okay, now you're probably wondering why are all these advocacy groups lying to us and why are they telling us we can't do any of this stuff? Well, listen, unfortunately, they have to lie to you because the whole point of lying to you is getting you scared. They want you to be scared. They want you to be like, oh, my God, I can't do any of this stuff. Oh, my God, I better do something. The o unfortunately, the only way to get a lot of people involved and actually take action to do something is scare them. It's that simple. It's just, true. It's true. It's to scare them. Make a business owner feel like I can't even conduct business anymore. So you know what they're going to do? Hopefully they'll start giving money to some of these advocacy groups that they could fight. Hopefully they'll start contacting their senators or their congressmen or actually doing something politically, hoping that they'll do something. And that's why they're lying to you, because they want you to fucking do something. Okay? It's that simple. Uh, oh, Russ is on hold. Hang on. I'm sorry, I have calls that are hold that I, <laughs> I I didn't even get to everything I want to play yet, but hang on, let me pick up on Russ. Hello, Russell, how are you? Hello? Russ? I'm here. I can't hear Russ. I can't either. Russ, are you there? I picked up on him. Russ. He says he's on hold, but I don't hear him. Hang on, let's pick up on this other call. Let's see if they're there. 516, you're on the air. Hello. 516. Is anybody there? Hang on. <laughs> Maybe this is me. Hang on. Let me see. That's, uh, that's there. Let's go to the settings. Make sure everything is all turned up. This is terrible. I got to be able to take calls. Good connection. Uh, my mic is not muted at all. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why I can't hear people. Hmm. This really sucks. Listen, guys, if you want to come on, I can bring you on over Skype. I know who it is. I know Cisco's one and Russ is the other. Because <laughs> it's not picking up for some reason. Huh. I don't know, guys. I have you on, and I can't see it even says... I can't hear you. Skype is fine. Okay, Russ, can I bring you on over Skype? Can you hear me? I'll bring you on over Skype because obviously the phone lines aren't working. Now I'll bring Cisco on over Skype. And I have clips. I, I have I have clips directly from the FDA stating all this <laughs> that I want to play too. Well, people are listening to the wrong people. They got listen. You know, I, I was told the same thing. I wasn't doing builds for customers. I wasn't changing coils. I was doing all this stuff too. And, right. then I, and then, you know, I, I've been educated that I am uh, your phone lines are not connected to the show. Well, yes, they are. They are connected. 
I have them connected. I have the live thing on. I mean, I don't know. I'll play with it again real quick because I do want to have Russ come on because Russ never calls in. <laughs> uh, I haven't talked to Russ in forever. Yeah, I know. People haven't heard from Russ in forever, but that's okay. I'll bring him on over Skype. I'm just shutting off the phone lines for now because um, they're not working anyway. All right, let me bring on Russ first, and then I'll bring on Cisco. Do, 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 do. One second, everybody. Here we go. Russ was supposed to be putting up a show this Friday. Do you, do you still listen to Russ's show, Flitzanu? Um, I, I catch him every once in a while. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I actually, I mean, I usually miss a lot of shows. I, I feel like I should make excuses and be like, oh, I've just been busy or I've just, I, I just, I miss a lot of shows, but I, you know, I've, I love Russ. Russ is awesome. A lot of people don't agree with what Russ does or what he says. And I mean, and I, I don't always agree with everything he says, but he's, he's very entertaining. I've always liked Russ. Yes. He is entertaining and his call failed. I don't know what's going on with that. We'll bring on Cisco real quick. Let's invite Cisco. Russ has to update his Skype because his call failed. <laughs> Cisco is an avid user of Skype, so I'm sure that his Skype is extremely updated. But yeah, you know, I, I, I was actually taught. I don't know. Cisco, are you there? No. Okay, there you are. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing up all this stuff. I have clips, too. I have clips I'm going to play of the FDA stating all this stuff. So the point I'm trying to make, and, and I'm going to play a clip of the FDA saying this, okay, so everybody understands, is that when they say that if I build a coil for a manu for, 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 on a dripper or I change on a coil in a tank, let's say, let's take dripper. Let's, let's take that. Someone brings in a dripper right. and I build a coil for them, okay? Am I a manufacturer? Yes, that's true. When they say that I'm a manufacturer, if I do that, I am a manufacturer, that's absolutely true. They didn't lie about that. That's true. Okay? Right. But what all these advocacy groups and all these podcast advocates are not telling you is that after August 8th, I can continue to do all these things until December 31st. All I have to do is apply with the FDA to be a manufacturer, and I have till December 31st to do so. So right. even if even if a shop wasn't going to apply as a manufacturer, which would be foolish not to because it's free, it doesn't cost anything to apply as a manufacturer, you'd be foolish to stop providing all these, these things for your customers because you can still legally do them. That's not what I was told. We were all told that we had to stop doing these things by August 8th. That is absolutely not true. Liar, liar, pants on fire. They lied. They absolutely lied. And I have clips to prove it. I can prove this. I can play the FDA saying these things. How are you, Cisco? I'm good, Kevin. How you doing? Yes, and I see you posting on your Facebook, and you're getting flack, too. You're just That's stating okay. what the fucking FDA is <laughs> saying. You're just stating what they're saying. That's all. Well, the yeah, FDA said this. Sort of tired of listening to people who I think should know better, and they do know better, but I never got the same answer from two people. Right. So... August 8th was, you know, on the horizon. I said, you know what? The only way I'm going to know for myself is do my own research. Because I counted on people who knew to tell me what I needed to do or what I couldn't do. And I couldn't get a straight answer. So I did it myself. And I'm starting to learn a lot more. And it differs from a lot of people's opinions. Right. There's a bunch of opinions. And I'm not offering there. my opinion. You know, if I, the thing I put on my Facebook, I stated a fact and then I put a, 
you know, links to the webinar and reference docs to show where I got my information and use that as you may. If you don't believe me, fine. I, I really don't care. Right. No, you're just saying, so, you know, and, th and this right. is this is what happened, Flitzy. <coughs> I was at I was at that thing this weekend, and I was talking to Cisco, letting him know what I can't do. This he's saying, well, that's crazy. Of course you can. And I'm like, what do you mean yeah. I can't? I was told I can't do all this stuff. I was told it's illegal for me to do all this stuff after August 8th. And right. then he's telling me, well, you know, you just listen to the FDA this, FDA that. So he sent me all this stuff. I'm listening to what the FDA is saying, and I'm going, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I not building a customer's dripper? Why am I turning customers away? Why am I telling customers I can't change the coils anymore? That's complete bullshit. That is absolutely yep. not true. And you have all these stores doing this, and that's abs that's absurd. They can continue to do all this stuff. All they have to okay, hang on. Hang on. I'm going to play this real quick. I have clips, too. I have clips to back this all up. This is not just me spouting my mouth like most of these other fucking people and giving out my opinion. I'm just stating what the FDA said. Here's what the FDA – this is the definition – of a manufacturer. The FDA talks about manufacturing. Listen, everybody. This is coming from the FDA, not an advocacy group, not some advocacy group attorney or, or some podcast or YouTuber that's, that's twisting what he wants you to believe. This is, this is what they say. What does FDA consider a manufacturer? What are some of the activities that make somebody a manufacturer in FDA's eyes? Well, David, under the new deeming rule, a manufacturer is a person could be a relabeler um, that uh, manufactures, processes, compounds a regulated tobacco product. And could an importer be considered a manufacturer? Yes, an importer by definition is considered a manufacturer. Okay, now I heard that, and correct me if I'm wrong, Cisco, but let's say I have a shop, okay, and I mm -hmm. purchase products from China. Okay. From a manufacturer, from, from a, say, uh, uh, Joytech. I purchased okay. Joytech products from Joytech for my store. Am I now considered a manufacturer? Yes. Yes. If you, That's what they even say. Even if you thought you needed to comply with, every, with everybody who was saying by August 8th and did nothing, come December 31st, actually come January 1st, if you imported products, not only from China, from anywhere outside of the United States. Right. You, you're a manufacturer, and you're required to register as one. That's so, right. So so for a shop, yeah. and that's what she just said. You heard it from the FDA herself. So for shops right. to understand, if you're purchasing your inventory, say, from a wholesaler in the United States, and that's all you purchase it from, then no, you don't have to apply right. as a manufacturer. But if you're purchasing products from outside the country, whether it be a modder, straight from China, if you're importing any products and purchasing them for your store and you're selling them in your store, you are a manufacturer. And she, that's what the FDA just said. The FDA said that. Yeah. And the funny yeah. thing is uh, there are a few distributors here in the States that they import from overseas. They bring the products into the U.S. to distribute to U.S. vendors. Right. So if you're a shop and you don't want to register as a manufacturer, come January 1st, you can no longer import products. So you'll have to buy them from a U.S. distributor. Some distributors, I'm not going to name names, they have already taken advantage of that, and some of their wholesale prices have near doubled. Yep. In fear, by putting fear into shop owners thinking, holy crap, I can't import, I can't build coils, I can't do it. Now i got to buy from U.S. distributors, and now they're paying more money for that. Yep. And to register as a manufacturer is free. It doesn't cost That's right. one nickel. Well, she's going to get into that. Hang on, I'm going to play the rest of this. Okay. Okay. Now, we've received many questions from manufacturers of the newly deemed products about the requirements to register. 
and provide a product listing. So typically they say things like, what's the deadline and how do I do it? So can you walk us through the deadline and talk a little bit about the process on how they can register? Sure. Any owner or operator of a domestic facility or establishment that manufactures, process, labels, um, repackages tobacco products are required to register with us. And the deadline is December 31st of 2016. Now there's no fee associated with that. The agency has worked to develop a detailed um, guide to assist um, anyone in going through all of the different fields and screens that you would have to complete in completing this registration requirement. When you register, you also have to list any of the products that are manufactured at those domestic uh, facility establishments that manufacture the regulated tobacco product. So is this like a one-time deal or is there an annual requirement? Well, for registration, you're required first time, the deadline is December 31st of this year, and then there is an annual uh, requirement that you have to uh, register. As far as listing, again, the deadline is this December 31st, um, and you have to uh, update that list um, to keep it current, and there's a requirement that you list your products twice a year. So you've got to make sure that if there's any modifications or changes to the products that you manufacture, that that you have to go back to the system and update that. Now, so you understand, you have till December 31st to apply as a manufacturer, and there is no cost. No cost. It's free to do it. And then once you apply, you even once you apply by December 31st, you can continue even after December 31st to build coils for your customers, to change you to do all the things you've been doing. The only thing that we as store owners or operators have to do right now is we have to ID. If they're 27 or under, you have to ID. If they even look like they're in their 20s or 30s, just ID everybody just to make sure. And you have to charge for e-liquid, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Those are the only two things you have to be doing right now. You could still be doing everything else you're doing, just simply apply as a manufacturer. Why in Plus the, the new Plus the new bottle restrictions, which came into play. Yeah, before oh yeah that's right. Yes, day. yes, and yes, and and, and all yeah. your bottles have to be child, uh, uh, the GCC compliant. All your uh, right. bottles, but uh, those are the those are the only those are the only three things. Why in the world we're being told that we can't help customers or put their kits together or build drippers anymore? It's fucking insane. It's a lie. It's simply not true. And why all these advocacy groups and all these YouTubers and podcasters that are so-called advocates are saying this is insane. I mean, I, I, the only thing I can think of is they want to scare the shit out of us. And I, I'm fucking I, I'm out. I'm fucking outraged. I can't believe that I was told this and I'm upsetting my customers when this is absolutely not true. And I didn't have to be doing this. What the fuck? I mean, this is the only crazy. thing that's questionable right now is technically after August 8th, if you build a coil in somebody's atomizer, that's considered a new tobacco product, unless that was on the market before August 8th. Yes. So basically, the you know the uh, the the rules that came out two years ago was the preamble to the deeming rule. So we knew two years ago how how hard these were going to be, and then on May 5th, they announced the final deeming rule. And we knew that there was a market freeze on August 8th. So between uh, May 5th and August 8th, as a retail shop, if you weren't smart enough to document coil builds 
put those bills through your system as sales and generate receipts in history, it's on you that you can't do that anymore. If in fact, building a coil in an atomizer is considered a new product and really is not allowed. That's the only thing that's questionable right now. But if you can show history before August 8th that you built uh, coils and charge customers and it's in your uh, point of sale system as history, it's not a new tobacco tobacco product, which means when you register on December 31st, you'll list all the products you manufacture. Now, that includes e-liquids as well. So on December 31st, you register as a manufacturer, list all the products you manufacture. Now, when it comes to building coils, you're not really manufacturing anything, but you do have to list, I would imagine, that you're using, you know, whatever, canthal or nickel, and you're building whatever on coil, whatever that may be. But as far as the ingredients that you, you don't need to list them until six months after the deeming rule. And if you're a small business, meaning less than 150 employees or under $5 million annual sales, you get another six months. You get a whole year to provide the FDA with the ingredients of the products that you manufacture. Right. So everybody's screaming that, you know, this is the end of the industry and August 8th is the deadline. And, you know, according to the FDA, there's a lot of dates that, coincide with all dates over the course of the next two years and they do give people time i mean it still doesn't mean that those regulations are pretty strict and unreasonable you know but there are ways to comply so that at least you can give yourself the next two years to operate within compliance to a point because otherwise if you don't want to register as a manufacturer and you want to run your business and not be compliant come january 1st you're going to risk a warning Right. You know, and they already have a fine schedule uh, set up, which is relative to the fine schedule that's been set up for tobacco products. They have a whole army of people, and the logistics have been in place for years for them to monitor uh, the sales of tobacco cigarettes in convenience stores and gas stations and all of that. So they're just going to add the vape shops to that system. So they don't have to create a whole new enforcement system. It's been in place for years. That's right. That's, well, people say, ah, it's going to take them forever to find me and warn me. No, it's not. You're probably already on the radar and you don't even know it. If you register as a manufacturer, you put yourself, you know, uh, in the crosshair, so well, to speak. And that's, I think, what a lot of shops might be afraid of. But trust me, you're not going to fly under the radar. Well, no. And, and especially then, when you're being watched. And, and then they address enforcement, too. Now, now, there's something else I want to, you know, and, well, before I, I get to the next thing. So, for example, you know, uh, we've been doing build services for years. We actually have right. a registered build service. So we have a record for years that we've been doing build services for people so we can show that we've been doing this. Right. Yes. And shops that haven't, you know, if you don't have any, if you can't show any history or proof that you've been doing this coil build prior to August 8th, they could deem that a new product and it could be against the regulations. And you could possibly get a warning. I just don't think they're going to start to enforce that type of stuff just yet. No. No, no, no. You know, well, they, they said they've said it many times that they're gonna. In, the only thing they're gonna enforce right now is finished tobacco products. Well, that's what they're gonna enforce, that, and the rules that came into play on August eighth. Well, we'll get we'll get to that a little bit, but I want to get to uh, I want to get to components because they okay. also discuss. Um, comp you know, you have everybody saying, "Oh, now we're gonna every component's gonna have to get go through a PMTA process. Every tank, every dripper, every drip tip, uh, every little thing we sell is gonna have to get a PMTA." Well, let's see what they say about that. Let's see what the FDA says about components. Question from a person who sells vegetable glycerin and propylene glycol to customers for use in making their own e-juice. 
is he considered a tobacco retailer. So the person that's selling these products, glycerin and propylene glycol, sells it to a customer, mm -hmm. and the customer does all the mixing. So is, is this person, a, would we call that person a retailer? Well, if um, the material is um, intended to be used in the consumption um, of a, a tobacco product, then it would be a component. And a component um, is um, a regulated tobacco product. Um, but uh, just because it's a component doesn't necessarily mean you have to comply with all the requirements. As Dr. A Ashley said, components don't have to submit all the pre-market applications. Did you hear her? Components don't have to submit all the pre-market applications. Right. Um, unless your component is made or derived from tobacco, you don't have to have the required warnings on that. Unless your component is made or derived from tobacco. You hear what she said? So um, although they might be a, a retailer, uh, for purposes of our uh, new rule, uh, they don't have to comply with all of those requirements. Now that's straight from the FDA. Straight from their mouth. Okay, unless it was made from or derived from tobacco, you do not have to uh, apply your component for a PMTA. So stop with saying, oh, every uh, you're going to have to submit a drip tip for PMTA. You're going to have to submit. No, you don't. They just said you don't. Just <laughs> listen to what the FDA well, is saying. One of the things that's hard to understand is there's a difference between a finished tobacco product, a covered tobacco product, and a regulated tobacco product. Right. And I'm not 100% privy on what the exact definitions are it's very it's muddy but from what i can understand a regulated tobacco product is just a product that's regulated so that it can't be sold to someone under 18 so they have to put that under regulation but it doesn't necessarily mean that product requires a pmta and i don't know what that where that line is right but it sound it does sound to me it, it's clear that pmtas have to be submitted for any product containing nicotine so if you sell a finished tobacco product, meaning a sealed package of a battery, an atomizer, and a pre-filled liquid, that's a finished product. That requires a PMTA, no doubt. Right. So does e-liquid with nicotine, no doubt. When it comes to zero nick components and parts, I'm I'm not fully I don't fully understand it yet. And I can't even ask anybody because I don't think they do either. Yet. And I and I realize I read this in chat. I realize Ed has been saying these things. Okay, I do. I get Ed's been saying these things, but Ed also says things that are just nuts. You know, Ed, Ed said that we can uh, we 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 can give our customer we don't have to charge for zero nicotine e-liquid. He said they said it in the deeming regs, and I told him to send me proof, and he sent me no proof. I you know so there there there's just. I understand he's been saying it, but Ed's kind of kooky. He says a lot of things that are kind of just opinion, and he doesn't really have anything to back up what he's saying. Let's get to free samples, because uh, Flatanu brought that up. Let's see what the FDA says about free samples. Actually, I have two clips for this. Let's listen to the first one. FDA clarified that as a result of the final rule, distribution of free samples of newly deemed tobacco products is prohibited. However... Prospective adult buyers may smell or handle the newly deemed products as long as the product is not actually consumed in whole or in part in the retail facility and the prospective buyer does not leave the facility with a free tobacco product. Okay, now nowhere in that did she say you have to charge a dollar or you have to charge two dollars. There's all the you have all these advocacy groups and all these uh, people, these advocates saying, oh, you got to charge at least a dollar. Bullshit. 
No, you don't. That's complete bullshit. They never said you had to charge a certain amount. All they said is it can't be free. They never anywhere said that it has to be be a certain amount. Now we're going to get to zero nicotine e-liquid. You know what you got to do, Kevin? You, you have to really listen to what they don't say right. sometimes. Basically, no free samples. That's it. That rule couldn't be more clear. Yep. You have yeah. to charge for samples. So number one, she didn't give an amount, which means you could charge a penny if you want. But what she also said is the person cannot leave the store with a free sample, which means you don't have to charge them before they sample. You could charge them after. They just can't leave without paying. Right. That's you know, right. And they, it, it really is a lot of deciphering what they say. I mean, these are, again, these are just my opinions, and you can take it how you want, but going by what they say and what they don't say, it's fairly clear. Right. Can I ask a question? Oh, my God. Where'd you come from? Hey, Russ. <laughs> hey, guys. Yes. yes, you can ask a question. So can you charge, to comply with the free sample thing, can you charge a customer one penny for a one-year membership of free samples and then you comply? Uh, I, I wouldn't know. I, I, can give you, I can give you an opinion that I heard um, uh, this weekend when I was at the at Vape Showcase. They had an advocacy panel, and they actually touched on that very question. So I can, uh, I can answer. I, I can give you the, the opinion and the answer that they gave if you want to hear mm -hmm. that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what they said... Um, which seems to probably make the most sense. Um, they said that that yes, there is no uh, there's no certain amount. There is no specified. You know, you have to charge this. You have to charge that. Uh, there is nothing about any any particular price range or anything like that. What they did say is that if you are charging for a sample in your store, is to make sure that you have a skew. Or some type of uh, some type of way to track that fee in your system. So, like you set up a different SKU for juice sampling and charge five cents or ten cents or a dollar or whatever it is, but that you want to be able to track that. Basically, you need to create an audit trail for charging for sampling. And uh, they didn't really touch on like the membership thing. But they, uh, because basically they, they said, think of it in a way, if a person comes in your store and, you know, like you're being audited, that they, that you need to be able to account for every time a person has sampled uh, liquid in your store. If that, if that makes, did I explain that basically? Well, yeah, yeah. The, um, the, I understood everything except the very last sentence, which was, you have to have an account for every liquid that is sampled. So you have to have an account for every actual sample that was sampled or not. Right. Not probably not so much. I don't think they meant so much each individual uh, liquid, but I mean, they basically, you just need to create a paper trail that if someone was to come in and uh, that you need to be able to account for, uh, pro you know, I, I would think possibly like, um, you know, where did uh, that specific amount of product go? You know, like maybe you need to kind of account for, um, you know, uh, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of guessing on that on that bit. But like, you know, if you're if you're if you have if your system shows that you have in stock 100 mils of juice, like you probably want to be able to account for where 40 of that went, you know, like 
basically you just need to be able to track it that if someone comes in and says i need to see where did this where did this product go did you charge every person for you know for sampling purposes you know like you just need to be able to track a specific yeah. skew for sample yeah. but, but again Russ this so, is what's it, but Russ this is what an app these are what these advocacy groups this advocacy panel is saying I don't hear this coming from well, the FDA why isn't the FDA yeah, saying yeah yeah well that, that that's kind of that's kind of the reason why I called in was because I didn't understand like you started like it, it, correct me if I'm wrong but you heard from somebody or some people that you couldn't build coils in your store anymore for customers and then you stopped doing it. Correct. Am I correct in saying correct. that? That is correct. Okay. So, like, my question was, well, two things. Number one, is that true? And you already answered that. And number two, like, well, who told you that? And why did you believe them? We were told by Safada. That's what they told us. I said, Safada told you that? Yes. Why do they do that? Well, why do we believe that? That's been said by Safada, by Kassad, that's been said by Dimitri, by BTA, that's been said by all these other advocates, that's been, been said by everybody, that we can't do this stuff after August 8th. That's simply a lie. That is not true. That's a lie. So let, let me, let me. I know you went over this, but I just want to make sure I understand. So since you do have a record of providing this service for, you know, coil building, and you charge for it, right? Yes, Okay, so because you've done it in the past, before August 8th, and because you've charged for it and, you know, you have a paper trail and the whole thing, that means that you can continue to do it until December 31st, and then you have to, like, put in an application for it. That's all true? It mean, well, this is, this is what it means. It means that I have to apply as a manufacturer by December 31st. But even if, let's say, let's say, for example, Russ, that I was a store that, had no, that didn't have a record of any of that and had no intention at all of applying for a manufacturer's license, which would be foolish because it's free. But let's say I'm a store that says, I'm not even going to apply for the stupid manufacturer's thing. You can still legally do all these things until December 31st. Now, if you don't apply right. by December 31st, then on January 1st, you have to stop. You can't do it anymore. Got it. But why wouldn't you not apply? It's free. You fucking apply, so, and, and then you can do yeah, it. So, so, so you so, – okay, so let's say th – that all makes sense. So let's say you apply, and then they approve you, which I suppose would be sometime in you know, the, the winter or the spring or whatever of uh, 2017. Right. Do you have to – then do you have to pay them something? And if so, how much? Or you, they just say okay or no? Uh, that I don't know. All she said during the recording that I played was that you would have to update your uh, – your uh, twice a year, you'd have to update. You'd have to update your application if anything has changed, if anything was you know is new. You'd have to update twice a year. But she didn't say anything about having so, to so, pay once you got approved. So my next question is. What is this woman's name and what is her phone number so people can just call her and ask these questions? She's the FDA. This was on a webinar. This was an FDA webinar. <laughs> yeah, but, I, but she's, a, she's a human. She has a name. Who is she? I don't I, I'd have to find out. I, I'd have to. I don't that's have kind I, of, no, don't, don't you don't you think that's kind of important? It seems like she gives answers out. I'm not saying she'd be accessible to call, but it's certainly a good idea to try, isn't it? In the webinars, there's information about emails and phone numbers to call to ask questions and i'm sure they'll answer them if you have very specific questions this whole thing that we're discussing now is related to manufacturing 
and the ability yeah. for a shop to continue to operate after December 31st. Because if you're going to be a retail shop and not register as a manufacturer, you're not going to be able to compete in a market where other shops are not complying and you know, you're know you going to do all the right thing and nobody's going to come in your shop anymore. Right. You're and not going to be able to import. You're not going to be able to build coils, assemble devices for people. Um, so okay. if you're a shop, you need to register as a manufacturer, whether you like it or not. But that only gives you the ability to continue to do what you've been doing for the next two years while you prepare your PMTAs for products that you manufacture that require a PMTA, which is not abundantly clear yet. So you're right. only buying the ability to operate for the next couple of years if you're looking to get out at the end uh, right. or, or to see where the regulations go and what we're given uh, as far as any of these lawsuits. And, you know, it just gives you the ability to continue to operate for the next two years while you see yeah. where these rules go, really, it's, in that it's, sense. It's, it's, well, hang on, Russ, 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 I just want to say this. I just want to say this real quick, so you understand, okay? I want you to understand, Russ. What they've been, the advocacy groups, everybody's been telling us is that we can't do any of this stuff. And then when they bring up applying as a manufacturer, the response is, "Oh, well, you'll never get us to even bother." What they should be telling us is continue to help your customers, and you better apply as a manufacturer because number one, it's free, and number two, you're, you know how many stores. Russ get their products from China do you know that they don't realize that if they don't apply as a manufacturer that after December 31st they won't be able to order their inventory from China anymore they'll be fucked they're not being told that I think it's highly irresponsible that these groups are not telling these store owners that that they should be encouraging them to apply as manufacturers and continue doing what they're doing how fucked they are if you just said to them in general oh by the way if you buy your products from China you better apply as a manufacturer because if you don't you're not they don't know that they're not going to be able to do that after December 31st. They're Nobody's ever mentioned that. No, no nobody so, has. So I have not, Okay, so now i got two questions. The first one's quick, and I think I already know the answer. Let's say you're somebody who wanted to open up, you know, you're not in the business right now, and let's say you're somebody who wanted to open up a store next February. Is there any opportunity for you to do so? By everything that you guys are saying, it sounds like, no, you, you can't do that. You could, but there's a lot of things you wouldn't be able to do. You wouldn't be able to order your products from China. You wouldn't be able to uh, um, do any really help customers with a lot of the things that stores are that that are able to now. So, right. So it's practical it, for for all practical purposes. It's impossible. Yeah. Well, I mean, the 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 rule is that you have to register as a manufacturer by December thirty first. They don't give right. any indication of what happens. If you decide in March of next year to register as a manufacturer, I don't know. They haven't given any indication of that at all. Now, okay, you okay. might you might be able to, but it might come to the point where if you try to register as a manufacturer in March, they say, sorry, the deadline was December 31st. Not that they right, can right. Or can't do that, but I don't know what they'll do. There might be no repercussions or there might be many. The bottom line well, is you cannot continue to be a retailer after January 1st if you don't register as a manufacturer. Right. And I can't believe right. that nobody's ever been told that because it's the well, smartest way to go. Yep. Well, yeah, well, that's, that, that's, that was my other question, essentially, is that we have so many advocacy groups, and, you know, I'm asking this because I've been out of the loop lately on this stuff. Like, we have so many advocacy groups, but is there an advocacy group, either one that has existed for a while or a new one or whatever, who has this information to, that is giving it out to, you know, to, to small business owners? Or, or is it just like, or is it just people like you, Kevin, who are doing shows on it? Is there an organization that is saying 
in giving out the information that you're giving out. No. No. <laughs> There's not. And, and, and I kind of understand that because it's kind of like you're giving out legal advice and you can, that opens up a can of worms, but it still seems like there should be like, I don't know, something somewhere, a fucking blog or something where people can get this information because it sounds like nobody knows what's up. Even people who've been doing this for seven years don't know what's up is what you're telling me. You know, this is a whole new market. I mean, even lawyers yeah, don't really even know 100% what to tell people. And I'm not telling people, hey, listen to me and do what I'm telling you to do. I'm just, right. you know, any any I don't really have any opinions on it, all, although if any of the information that, that I'm stating is from FDA, it's not, I'm not deciphering their comments. It's, you know, they say exactly what I'm saying. And that's, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, so, so you got these you got these webinars, and you know Kevin's playing it. I mean, a lot of the, some of the things don't sound one hundred percent clear, but some of them right. do. Certainly, and, you, the, and there's uh, only like eleven of them. There's probably maybe six or seven hours worth of webinars that are available, and watching all of them is it's just amazing the amount of information that's in there. A lot of the questions that you hear in social media that are answered seven different ways by thousands of people, they're answered right there in those webinars. And I, you know, I didn't, I didn't watch the, I watched a couple live, but I didn't go forward to watch them all until I started to get aggravated that I couldn't get a straight answer out of everybody. And honestly, it doesn't really matter to me. I don't have a shop, so it doesn't affect me as far as right. what's happening in a retail space, but it does online. It's the same thing. I have to register as a manufacturer, I feel, by December 31st, yeah. or yes. I can't continue to do some of the things I've been doing. Right. And if I'm put on the radar, uh, whatever, you know, there's a... There's a warning and a fee schedule in place already. If you, in fact, do something that's against the, uh, you know, if you're not if you're not compliant. Well, well, what is that? What are the fines? Uh, the f the first warning is not is just a warning. The second the second warning the second you know uh, if they come in and they find you doing something wrong it's two hundred fifty dollars. The third is five hundred dollars, and then it comes to a point after that it, when you get into the fourth and fifth time. In a certain time period, you could get a, a do not sell tobacco order. Right, right, so, right. So, right. you know, I'm not saying, you know what, do what you've been doing and don't worry about it. Wait till you get a guy that walks into your store and warns you and tells you what you're doing wrong, then you could stop. That would be not really the best way to handle it. No. But if you file as a manufacturer, you have uh, documents and history on what you're offering as a manufacturer pr pr previous to August 8th. You're not manufacturing new product. You're not doing anything against the rules or you're, you're being compliant. And you're pretty much almost allowed to do that for the next couple of years to, to a certain extent. And there why is, wouldn't you? There is one point I, just to, to kind of tail on what Cisco is saying um, that they, they did mention <clears throat> during the, the panel that I saw that uh, they, of course, you know, they said, we don't condone this. We don't. Uh, we don't advocate that someone, <clears throat> excuse me, we don't advocate that someone does this by kind of talking about the, uh, the, the, the first infraction is a warning. You know, there's, there's no monetary fees or fines or anything for your first infraction. And so they kind of said, you know, this is still up in the air and a lot of this is a very gray area. So if and when the first person gets a warning, then we kind of, you know, we can kind of start establishing baselines of of what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. I you know, agree so that, with that 100%. And you're yeah, right. And, and so they were saying, you know, they they weren't, you know, they, they very clearly said, you know, we're not telling someone to break the rules or to push the boundaries, you know, but they said that that unfortunately is going to be the one sure way that we're going right. to know is when somebody gets dinged. 
I mean, right. I sort of understand a little bit of why the advocacy groups and even some of the lawyers have been saying on August 8th, you should stop doing all this stuff because they never recommended any shops to register as a manufacturer. And it would be smart for them to say, you, you know, they could have said you don't have to really comply until the end of December, but you should comply now so you know how you have to operate your business over the next two years if you're not going to be a manufacturer. Because you can be a retail shop and not be a manufacturer. You just have to buy all your products from domestic distributors and not, you know, build coils and that type of thing. Yep. So you can, you know, but if there's shops in your in your area that are not complying, you know, who's going to come to you when you're not going to be able to do anything for them other than just sell them product? Right. So, you know, it's it's your call as a businessman which way you want to go. And, and, and Russ, I Russ, I was already seeing that uh, with with uh, the Canton store. You know, there's a shop uh, 12, 13 minutes down the street, and we had people coming in, and because I was told I can't do builds anymore, I'm telling customers, I'm sorry, I'm having employees tell customers, uh, I'm sorry, we can't do a build for you anymore. The FDA regulation says we can't. And they're going, okay, well, I'll just go to your competition down the street. They'll do it for me because they're not complying with shit. I mean, they're, they're just doing whatever they want. And I'm losing customers left and right. And, yeah. and what's so upsetting is, is I could have done a build for them. And I was told that I couldn't. I'm fucking yeah, so, irate. But, I, so, so now you've obviously you've returned to doing builds Absolutely. Now, right? Yes. Absolutely. So, but, but what are you doing for, how are you handling, I'm just curious, how are you handling sampling? Uh, we charge uh, 10 cents. And we ring them up. Yes. Ten cents per sample. Ten cents. Oh, well, they could sit there and sample as much as they want. They just come in. Uh, they come in. They pay ten yeah. cents, and they can sample whatever the hell they want. I think that, like that, whole, uh, that whole okay. thing that um, Flitz was talking about with that advocacy panel giving them recommendation about what to do with free samples. You know that that misinformation gets perpetuated and parroted by people, and then it becomes law in some people's eyes, and it's bullshit. Yeah. Don't give away free samples. There is no rules and there's no regulations or restrictions. It's don't give away free samples. Yep. So however you need to not make it free is what you can do. Right. Yeah. You want to charge a penny? Fine. You want to charge them a dollar and give them a, a, a coupon card that you can punch a hundred times? Whatever. As long as they're not leaving your store with a free sample, you're complying. End of story. Yep. All that other bullshit they added is not real it's just their opinions and if you want to abide by their opinions you, that's up to you uh -huh. yeah that's probably one of the only things that's clear in this whole thing is the free samples there is nothing after they say no free samples there's no rules restrictions regulations nothing absolutely yeah. nothing and, and now russ because this is a big thing ed keeps on ed wolf keeps on screaming that you don't have to charge for zero nicotine e-liquid but hang on, Russ. This is what the FDA says. Listen to this. This is what they say about that. Here's a specific example. So somebody asked, what about an e-liquid that doesn't contain tobacco or nicotine? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to add to that. So for my example, I'm going to say, let's say it's a bubblegum flavored e-liquid mm -hmm. that doesn't have any tobacco or nicotine. Does the free sample provision apply? Okay, so a bubblegum... Um Zero nicotine e-liquid. Zero e nicotine, yep. zero tobacco. Yeah, so it depends okay. um, if it's considered a, a component or part of a tobacco product, then it would be or component or part of a newly deemed product mm -hmm. um, that would meet the definition of a tobacco product that is restricted from this free sample distribution ban. Okay, so they wouldn't... So you cannot distribute you cannot, that product. You cannot 
if you offer a free sample of yeah. those products. Correct. Okay. If it's intended to be used um, in the consumption of a tobacco product. Okay. okay. Great. All so, right. so what she's saying is, is for example, a tank is a component, and if you're putting the zero nicotine e-liquid in a tank, then it is con then zero nic is considered a tobacco product. You have to charge. You have to charge for zero nicotine e-liquid. That's what they're saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it almost it, it's very silly though. I mean, uh, it is silly. You should just yeah, just uh, just like for any samples, just do the you know ten cents for your right. thing that you're. And just have yourself covered. It's almost not worth talking about. Right. I mean, when they when they say if it's reasonably expected to be used in a tobacco product, people are like, well, I'm using zero nick, so there is no tobacco product. Well, unfortunately, components and parts are tobacco products. Yes. So when they say if it's reasonably expected to be used in the tobacco product, they're saying the second you put that zero nick in a tank, it is now covered under the free sample. Correct. Rule. And there's another thing yeah. in here. I don't know if I gave you the link. They talked about vending machines. You're not allowed to sell covered tobacco products in vending machines unless the machine is in an establishment that doesn't even allow anyone under 18 in the establishment. And then they asked about selling zero nick in a vending machine. And because a customer directly would buy that zero nick and walk away from the machine, selling zero nick in a, in a vending machine is allowed because it's not reasonably expected to be used in a tobacco product, I guess. <laughs> but there's, and that's from the FDA. I couldn't even believe right. she said, "Yeah, that's allowed." Yeah, huh? I, I, which blows my mind. Which sort of makes gives a little credibility to the fact that if you do put it inside a tank, you know, on, on a battery, now it, it's a covered product. Right. Now you have to charge for that sample. And they also went in another webinar and they went and asked a direct question about synthetic nicotine, which same rules oh. apply. The second that goes into a tank or an atomizer, it's now a covered tobacco product. And I would assume that synthetic nicotine would be no different than tobacco-free nicotine. Because right. if synthetic nicotine doesn't have actual nicotine from tobacco, neither does TFN, the rules still apply. So if you're selling TFN, synthetic, or zero nick in your shop, and it's going to be reasonably expected to be used with everything else you sell, it is now a covered tobacco product. So I don't know how you know, the definition or the details are going to work out on that, but it doesn't sound good. All right, so so Russ, no. let, Russ, let me ask you this because this is what I was uh, put, the the point I was trying to make and, and the thing I wrote on on Facebook the other day. Uh, so let's say uh, we we have to charge, you know, for for trying juice. And believe it or not, we actually have people walk out when they're told they have to pay ten cents. They'll leave. And we have a shop literally two miles down the street from us. That they're in charging. They free. Uh, you can still try it for free. Um, so obviously now we're losing customers because they're going down the street to the shop where they can try juice for free. What the fuck do we do about that? What are we supposed to do about that? Call the ATF. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cause, I mean say, well, you know, some people say, well, they, you know, report them. Some people say, oh, you don't, do, you know, they said, don't, don't, you don't do that. Uh, um, you, you, you know, what, what the fuck are you supposed to do? Just sit there and lose all your business? Well, I mean, I don't you're, know. You're 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 asking you're asking a, a, a question on morality, right? I'm asking a question of uh, you have a if you have a and this is not just me. This is a lot of stores across the country. You have a store down the street from you that is not complying, and you are complying, and you're losing all your customers because they're now going to the non-complying store. What do you do? You're you're you're, you're asking if I'm understanding right. You're asking me, Russ. Should I, Kevin, call? No, no, no. That's not what I'm asking. I'm, I'm, I, let's say you have it. That's not about me. Let's say you have a store, 
and this is happening, what would you do? I want to know what you, what you would do. Well, first thing I would do is I'd have a conversation with the other business owner. And then through that conversation, it would be ensured that at the end of the conversation, that other business owner would now know 100% for sure, or at least, you know, at least your opinion and your opinion is that, you know, you can't do that. You know, that it's, it's not allowed anymore because you don't know right now whether or not they know that. But after that conversation, you would know. Now, if they continue to do it, I don't know. I mean, if you feel like you're losing business from it, if it's, if it's affecting your business and at that point they have full knowledge and willful intent, then at that point, yeah, I might, I, I mean, I might like if, if I was, if, if, if it really was a tangible loss of business, then yeah, I might, I might, you know what I'd probably do is I'd probably give them the, a, a phone call first and be like, listen, we had this conversation. You're still doing it. I'm losing business to you. I'm just giving you a heads up. I have to call someone on this because you're taking my business and you know what you're doing is illegal. So I'm just giving you the heads up. I'm going to call. That's probably the way I'd go about right. it. Right. And what's wrong with that? You know, be, oh, being a rat, being a rat. Fuck you. You fucking start a business and have this happen to you. You start a business and lose all your customers because you're fucking complying and jerk offs down the street are saying, oh, I'm not going to comply and they're taking all your fucking customers. You sit there and say, I'm not going to be a rat and lose my fucking hundreds of thousands of dollars I've invested in this all this time, money, and effort I put into this business. Fuck that. I fucking hate people. This is why I hate people. Fuck that chat. I'm shutting the chat off. I don't even want to see it. But, you know, no, I mean, I, seriously, you know, it's like, you know, it's funny. There, There's actually, and, and there are some stores in our state, like, for example, there's this one store, and I, they know what the rules are, and they're actually on their Facebook saying, oh, our coils are now jewelry. This is our loophole that we're using. We don't sell coils anymore. It's now jewelry. Come on. They fucking don't goddamn yeah. what. I mean, you know, you know what I mean? That, that's, you know, they're, they're, you know they're, they're, there's probably things, there are probably creative things that you can do with your marketing to give you a little bit of wiggle room on some things, but being that blatant, if, when it comes to the point when somebody in enforcement of these things is going to be looking at you, if they see that shit, they're just going to be like, okay, fuck this guy. (laughs) I mean, it's funny. I heard a comment from somebody who should know better, um, related to selling, you know, uh, batteries and atomizing tanks to a customer because they can't help them now. They think so you sell them a device, a tank and a bottle of liquid. You complete the transaction, you give them the products, then they hand them back to you, and at that point you're allowed to work on them because they're no longer yours, they're theirs. That was a way around yeah. the... Which is, yeah, that's, that's which, is complete, which is complete bullshit, and that question was asked in a webinar and answered. The question was, a guy says, hey, I have a device that I want to sell to my friend. And the woman says, if you sell that to that friend, you are a retailer and a manufacturer. And then the question was asked, what if I give it to my friend? Then you are a user, and the FDA does not regulate tobacco use. They regulate the sale of. So that mm-hmm. whole sell it first and then have the customer come back to you is complete bullshit. No, that's I mean, no, person, no thinking person could possibly believe that that's going to be above board. I mean, Yeah, well, that's from a thinking person who's got a pretty good you know, standing in the community. That's the kind of things that I'm hearing, and I'm, I'm, I question them, you know. And unfortunately, nobody does. And they think uh, because that guy said to do this, then that's what I should do. That's law, and I'm going to tell everybody else to do the same thing. 
And that's how this sort of misinformation and incomplete information gets just perpetuated across social media like that. And everybody thinks, okay, well, if he said it, then yeah. that must be true. Kevin's in perfect yeah. example. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's because that's the way things have been working for the past six or seven years. Right. And it, and it worked because there was really nothing crazy going on. Like there was no enforcement item that was really existed up until very recently. So you're, you, you have a community that's very used to word of mouth working quite well. And now all right. Where'd Russ go? Uh, oh, he's there. He's there. And you, well, hang on. While we're waiting for Russ and and Dent Man, why am I looking at this chat? Fuck you. It's business. Either be eaten, man. The fuck up. You shut the fuck up. That's not just business. Okay, it's one thing if you have two businesses that are competing against each other. That okay? They're both running within the law. They're both following what they're supposed to be following. They're just natural competitors. That's business. And eat or be eaten, okay? If you're eaten by a business that's that's doing everything, you're both running the way you're supposed to be compliant. You're both running legal businesses, and one's taking out the other. That's just business, eat or be eaten, okay? It's different when you have a business that's saying, fuck all this shit, I'm not going to follow shit. When others are having to, that's different. It's not the fucking same. Again, you yeah, go I mean, fucking run a business I mean, and have this happen to you, and you you would be saying the same, fuck, I'm... I'm so irate. I can't believe people's attitudes. I really can't. Well, I mean, nobody likes these things. Nobody is in favor of almost any of this, except maybe the, you know, you got to be 18 to buy. Other than that, everyone is against all of this stuff for the, you know, 99% of it. So, but like, if you're going to play by the rules and you're going to lose business because of playing by the rules, well, I mean, okay, I guess you could make the decision to not play by the rules. That is a choice or I mean I think people just kind of look at this industry as being a totally different part of the world than anything else because in any other business if there was somebody doing shady stuff then I don't think they would really care I think I think that kind of that happens all the time and nobody bats an eye that's just like that's normal but I don't know I think people just look at this industry is being something different because they have such an emotional attachment to it because they're, you know, a drug addict. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I was, you know, that, that wasn't, that wasn't called for us. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, right. I brought up the, I brought up this, this problem, uh, with somebody uh, a week or two ago, but last week about, you know, what do we do about the shops not being compliant and shops that are being compliant, they're getting fucked because they're losing their, all their customers to the non-compliant shops because, of course, they're going to go where they're going to get uh, the help that they want. They don't give a shit about Kasai and, and Grim Green and all this bullshit. They don't, FDA, they don't give a fuck. They just want their shit taken care of. What do we do about this? And, you know, their attitude is, well, advocacy's attitude is, oh, we're all in this together. No, we're not all in this together. We're not in this together anymore. Now it's divided. Now you have non-compliance and you have compliance. And if the non-compliant ones keep on existing, doing what they're doing, the compliant shops within six months will be destroyed and out of business. They'll be out of business. We're going to see vape shops shutting down left and right. And you know what? And then, they're, well, the FDA will get the non-compliant ones. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm, we're really going to wait for that. That could take fucking years. Yeah, we're going to wait until we lose our business, until someday maybe the non-compliant ones are caught doing what they're doing, which when they are, they're just going to get a warning. That's really going to scare them. I mean, this is, this, this is a big fucking problem. 
And I, yeah. and I know most listeners don't understand because they don't run or own vape shops, so they don't fucking get it. But for people who run or own a vape shop, this is a big fucking problem. I know it is by how many thousands of people read my fucking post and how many people responded. This is a problem. And something's got to be done. And advocacy has no answer for it. Their answer is, is oh, we just all stick together. Well, we're not together anymore. What's the fucking answer? The bottom line is you got to do what you think is right for your business. You don't have to fucking listen to me. You don't have to listen to anybody. Trust the opinion of who you trust and run your business that way if you feel that's the right way. Or you can go to the FDA website and do your own research, come with, you, uh, with your own opinion of what's said and what's not said, and do what you think is right. It's, you know, I'm not sitting here telling anybody that you should do it this way because I say it's okay. That's just what I've determined from what I've read and what I've heard, listened to on the webinars. That's yeah, all. Right. This is not, I'm not a lawyer, obviously. I'm not going to give any legal advice, obviously. But listen, if you questioned what you've been told and now you're questioning what, what we're saying, go to the FDA and do your own research. Because what you're hearing out there in social media is probably misinformation and not really true. You have to get that information on your own. And the fact that, you know, a lot of these vendors and shop owners have not paid attention to the FDA website and watched all those webinars to sort of educate themselves, that's surprising. Right. If they're counting on people in the know to give them the information. Well, I mean, like I said, that's been working out really well for yeah. a long time. But now that these are here, that doesn't work anymore. No, you know, now there's repercussions to doing something a certain way or not doing something a certain way. And until the FDA starts to, you know, put the enforcement forward in some of these shops and, and do inspections and undercover buys and shops start to get warnings for doing certain things, once that information becomes public, you'll get more of an idea of what will pass and what won't pass, obviously. Right now, it's just, it's all, you know, it's conjecture pretty much. And, and for anybody who's in a position where they are a compliant shop and you're being eaten alive by a non-compliant shop, you do what's best to save your business. It's that simple. Don't let people tell you do what's best to save your business. Don't don't buy the bullshit that, oh, the FDA is going to get those non-compliant ones because you're going to be out of business. If you're waiting for that, you're a fucking idiot because you're going to be waiting a long goddamn time. If you're waiting on the government to jump in, you're, you're fucking a, you're a moron. You know, what's funny is, is there's a store here in Connecticut that like all the kids know to go buy e-cigarettes from. They all know like you want e-cigarettes, you go to the store, right? It's been that way for God knows how many months now. Everybody knows. The fucking town even knows. They even know that they sell. You know what's done? Nothing. Not a fucking thing. And they're going to continue to sell to kids because nothing's going to be done about it. Maybe a year or two from now, something may, may, may or may not. Who knows? But, you know, if you're going to sit there and wait for the government to interact to get rid of these businesses, then hopefully you're, you're, you're an idiot. You're going to lose your business. You will go out of business. You might as well just shut down now because you're going to go out of business. <laughs> really? I mean, it's... You know, do, do now you what, sound like Ed. <laughs> <laughs> do what's best for your business. I mean, they're pretty. They're pretty clear about what you, you know, what you can continue. If you register as a manufacturer, they're pretty clear about what you can continue to, continue yes. to do, and that's everything. Yeah. Even yes. if you have one of those shops with little squirt ketchup bottles on your front counter, and you're <laughs> mixing liquids right there for people, you're still allowed to do that. Yep, that's right. For the next, you know, for the next two years, potentially. Right. Yeah, you know what? I have another. I have another question because I remember, you know, right back at the beginning when the deeming were released, people were saying that like you can continue 
to make products up until August 8th. And then after, the, you know, so like if you, if you have made a product by, you know, August 7th or whatever, then you're good. But if you make a brand new product, which I'm asking this question in, you know, in specific towards e-liquids. So if, if you are an American manufacturer or whatever, and you make a new e-liquid on, you know, August 10th, like, are you allowed to do that or are you not allowed to do that? Are you allowed to make it and you are required to uh, put a PMTA application in, but you're not allowed to sell it until you're authorized to do so? Right. Okay. So, so really, okay, it's, a market, so, it's a market freeze on August 8th. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's all true. So, like, if you are an e-liquid manufacturer, you, today, <laughs> or today, you're only legally allowed to sell the products that you made by August 8th, like anything, so like that's the only shit you can sell right now. Absolutely. Not just made, but was on the market as well. Right, 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 right. Yes. Sure. That's, so, yeah. um, so there's, there's like there's, there's some ways around that, believe it or not. Yeah, I was going to uh, say. In, think... in my opinion, the, compl the, compl the date that you can no longer manufacture new products is December 31st, but that's a whole other conversation. Right, and that's, it has yet to be seen now, but I no, it's possible. It's possible to have yeah, a product no, I, on the market, but you and you don't actually have to have the product in your hand. But there are specific rules that you have to apply to this if you want to put a product uh, from now up till December thirty first. It is possible. So my question is, like, obviously the way things have always been is that every week there's a thousand new e-liquid flavors. Has that slowed in the past two weeks? What new products coming out? Like specifically, I'm talking about e-liquid. Yeah, I mean, there's there was a slurry of products that slammed on the market the last, you know, two or three weeks before August 8th. Literally, right? right. Everybody <laughs> got their new juice line out, and whether, you know, this new juice line with 40 flavors actually even exists, you know, it, it's questionable. There's ways around that. You sure. Know, but, slap but, and do my... slap and do lines. Slap, you know, 20 labels on the bottles. Tell it it is what it is. Sell it to a few people so that you have history, and then go create the flavors later. What and, and right, I was right. about to say that's what or they're doing, Russ. Later. A lot of companies have done that. They actually, and I know ones who have personally. They came I out. Know with, ones who have too. They came out with uh, flavors already. They've had them selling a few brick and mortars to show that they've been for sale before August eighth, and they'll just wait. I don't know, three, four, six months from now, and introduce them. But they can show that they're the, on the market. And here's the thing: is you need to supply the FDA with an ingredient list by. Six months from the deeming date, which I think applies to the November, uh, May 5th date. But if you're a small scale manufacturer on 150 employees of $5 million, you got a whole year. So really, if you put out some bogus juice line that really the flavors are just, you know, you just slap some strawberry and then call it strawberry and you're going to tune it later. You really technically have all the way up till May of next year to get that tuned and that ingredient list to the FDA if you plan on filing for PMTA. But my okay, I understand all that. But my question is, since August ninth, has there been a slowing of new e-liquids hitting the market? Has that slowed down? Has there been a an observable, any kind of like observable or measurable effect? Yeah, I haven't yes. really seen much new stuff at yeah. all. A few things. I've even seen people doing Facebook giveaways. So there's people that either don't care or don't know. Right. I mean, if you're I, not in social media or on an e-cig forum, you have no idea of what's going on. You know, uh, there's shops out there that probably have no clue. The only clue they have from 
a customer coming in who knows and says, hey, buddy, you know there's new FDA rules and the shop owner might be like, what are you talking about? They, you know, I mean, we don't even know everything and we're pretty, you know, embedded in this industry and we don't know everything. Imagine some shop owner who was never on social media and just opened two shops somewhere and is running his business and has no clue of what he can well, or can't do. Nobody warned him. I think there's tons of those, you know. Yeah, I, think. I think so too. Oh. I was going to say, I think I, from conversations I had this weekend with, uh, you know, with, with not named people and vendors, um, I, I kind of what Cisco is saying is there, there are people that have products that are, I guess, registered, however it works, I guess they're registered as being, uh, you know, done or created or whatever before August 8th, but they're not released yet that they, you know, they had the, they have the design, they have everything in place in order to sell them but they're not actually on the market, but they, they were completed before August 8th, but they will just be released at a later point. Right. So kind of, kind of, kind of the same thing Cisco was saying is that, you know, there, some of this stuff it's, it's been marked, it's been planned out, it's been designed and it's, right. it's kind There's of a just lot of guys in, I think that went down that road and that's, yeah. you, that's a small business move. You know, if that's the deadline you need to get something out there so that you have a little bit of play over the next few months, because a, a total market freeze on new products, that's not gonna happen. Uh, you know, there are shops that are gonna still buy new products from China. Um, so it's still gonna happen. It's just, you know, if there's a new product coming from China and only a few shops in the US are gonna sell it, uh, it's gonna be hard to get. And it's probably not gonna be too prevalent online because you're just opening yourself up to be questioned. You know, I think Canada is going to become a huge e-cig market for sales into the U.S., considering that we really aren't allowed to sell new products here. And China is not going to stop innovating. Right. Or stealing, I should say. So, <laughs> so what are you, Kevin, let me ask you a question. Like, so what, yeah, just, I, I don't know, I just think it would be interesting because you're a, a shop owner. Like, what are some of the biggest changes that you've made. I mean, obviously you stopped selling coils, but then you started doing it again and now you have the 10 cents for sampling. But what other changes have you made after August 8th? Like, did you, what are you doing with new products from China? Like stuff like that? Uh, well, I haven't purchased any like things that I haven't seen that were on the market before August 8th. That nothing's really been really announced, to be honest, that I've seen that's come out after August 8th. So at product-wise, I mean, we're still kind of dealing with the same products. You know, but I, 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 st I was told that I couldn't change a customer's coil in their tank anymore, so I stopped doing that, and that wasn't true. There's a lot of customers that come in and say, hey, can you change my coil for me real quick? I'm in a hurry, or i got to go to a meeting, or blah, blah, blah. That's something we've always sure. provided. We were told we couldn't do that. Um, even if a customer bought a, a, a juice and said, hey, could you fill my tank for me? I was telling them, no, I can't. That's not true. I can absolutely do that, but I was told I couldn't. Um, you know, a lot of customer service things that our customers looked forward to from getting us, I, I stopped, which I'm now going back to doing. Now, the only thing now that we're doing is, like I said, we're charging for to try samples and uh, IDing anybody who's 35 or under. I just tell them ID everybody. I, everybody ID because even if they, you know you have to ID 27 or under. So let's say somebody comes in and they are from the health department, the FDA put them out there, and they're 24 and we didn't ID them. We can get in trouble because we have to ID 27 and under. So just to be safe, I say just fucking ID everybody. 
And that's it. Just yeah. IDing people. Everybody that walks through the door and tries to produce it, that's it. That's the only thing that's changed for us. We've, we're doing everything else we were doing before. Because we I can't. Mean, yeah, stand, I mean, as it stands, the compliance really, if someone comes in your store, whether it's they announce themselves or it's on the cover, they're not going to be sitting in a chair waiting for you to build a coil to give you a warning. You know, maybe, right. but I, I don't think, I wouldn't think that would happen right away more so than they make it sure you're carding, you're not selling to under 18, your uh, e-liquid bottling complies with the regulations, you know, and you're not uh, giving so, out, uh, you know, health information as far as comparing e-cigs to cigarettes and stuff. So what, as, what, does, what does the law say? Does the law say that no one under 18 is allowed to set foot in the store is that what the law says no no no, no. they're they're yeah. they're allowed to set if if they're with a parent or a guardian they can come into the store um because i saw that on the webinar too they actually de uh, described that on the webinar i was watching tonight uh they're allowed to come to the store if they're with a parent or guardian uh you just can't they can't try anything you can't sell them anything they're allowed in the but store what if, but what if but what if what if like somebody who's 16 Walks through your door, stands there, looks around, and leaves. Did you break the law? No, because they didn't uh, attempt to buy anything. They didn't attempt to try any juice or anything. If they just walked and looked around and left, no, we're not. Only uh, what the FDA said is only if it's adult, if it's labeled as an adult-only establishment, which means if it's an adult-only establishment, nobody under 18 can enter the business at all. Yeah, and then there is a regulation about what the FDA calls self-service displays, meaning, you know, racks in a store where you can take a product off a rack yourself and walk up to a counter and pay for it. Those are illegal unless the store is 18 or older, but they, that rule doesn't apply to newly covered tobacco products because technically your flavor you know, bench would have to have all those flavors of devices behind the counter. You couldn't have them accessible to anybody who walked in the door. Hmm. And, they're and, not, think, and they're not saying that you need to do that. You, you I know think what? some states, though, I was going to say, I think some states have different rules. Because I know, like, in Oklahoma, it was probably about a year and a half ago, maybe, that there, I think certain states have different rules about the 18 and over. Because I know here in Oklahoma, you're not allowed on premises if you're under 18. But that's well, the, 18, the 18 law is a federal law, but you, any local or state law supersedes that law. Like where I am, it's 19. Right. New right. York City, 21. California, California 21. 21. Yeah. So you have to abide by those age limitations, not the FDAs, if they're above 18. And, you right. know, they, they bring up vending machines in these regulations. I have never in my life seen a e-cig vending machine in person. Has anybody seen an e-cig vending machine in person? Kev, you got to realize, no. When <laughs> when when these questions come up and the FDA answers them, these are those questions are not they're beyond the scope of e-cigs because there are other newly regulated tobacco products that are not e-cigs. So when they answer them, you know, there's a lot of new. Uh, uh, components of parts of cigars and cigarettes and there's a new new warning restrictions for them so when they answer these questions they're relative to all newly regulated tobacco products not just e-cigs and that's sort of how you have to decipher some of the answers by their they're answering it re, you know related to more than just e-cigs that's why the vending machine question comes in and self-serve and the other questions come into play when you think what does that have to do with e-cigs and that's why yeah What's the deal with cigarette machines? Are those still legal? 
in an 18 or over place only, adult store. Yeah, I see them in, in bars. Yeah. Bars, right. They're probably yeah. seventy dollars a pack in those machines, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, because I, I don't know. Maybe we will see e-cig machines in bars and clubs. Uh, you know, in places that don't have indoor use bans, which are it, that's allowed. So I don't see why not. Yeah, hmm. I'd have a hard time putting seventy dollars worth in quarters in a fucking vending machine. Though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be there for like three hours. <laughs> well, you know what? Though? You know what? Though? I see vending machines now, just like for soda. And and chips and where well, they don't even take money. It's it's you have to use a card only. Yeah, yeah. I you insane. know what Russ? I there's one in the mall that I uh, used last week that I was able to use my Samsung Pay. <laughs> I just put my yeah, phone, yeah, yeah. I just God. put my phone yeah, right yeah, up. Yeah. And, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, the bottom yeah. line here is these regulations are absolutely fucking ridiculous to everybody. But it is what it is, and there are ways to comply without. Locking your door and going home and crying. I mean, there are ways and there are things that you could do to lessen your risk or, you know, your possibility of getting a warning or a fine. There are things that you need to do. You need to understand it as a business owner. And really, you got to do your own research uh, unless you're trusting the word of somebody who you think should know. That's up to you. Well, I trusted the word of somebody who I thought should know and it ended up hurting my business. So I'm going to go yeah. with... What the FDA is saying, and uh, yeah, uh, but even then, you have to sort of make up your opinion on what they're saying, and match it to the the opinion you want it to be, which is not a great idea. But until it, the next year, will really tell if shops actually get warned. Uh, then you'll really know what you can and can't do to comply. Yeah. So until I mean, I think that's the bottom line. Until that's until that stuff starts to happen. Because, you know, the, when shops get warned, I'm sure they're going to post somewhere and put up copies of these letters they get. And there's going to be undercover buy attempts. And it's all going to happen. And, you know, you really just wait for that to happen to see what the, what the pressure is going to be. But I, but I do want to yeah. stress that a shop should be applying as a manufacturer because they're not being told that by these advocacy groups and all these advocates. They should absolutely apply 100%. to be a manufacturer. For you to continue after December 31st, you sort of really have to so that you can continue to do just about what you've been doing without worrying about, you know, even if you don't want to build a uh, new core, you don't want to put a build in an atomizer, which that, even now that's sort of questionable if that's okay or not. But assembling components for a customer, putting their tank on their battery, filling it with liquid, helping them, uh, all that stuff technically won't be allowed after December 31st unless you're a manufacturer. So why wouldn't you want to be when it's free? And all you got to do is register and list mm -hmm. the products you manufacture. And you're not really manufacturing anything. So I don't even know how you would list that. You know, I, I don't it, really know. But that'll come. Seems, you know? It just seems like to me what the best thing to do is, is to watch those webinars and whatever other information that's out there directly from the FDA. Right. And try your best to just, just listen to what they say and try to figure out. And it's tough because they're vague. But try to figure out what is their intent with this rule that they're explaining. What 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 is it that they're looking to accomplish? And try to do that. You know, try because there will be a day that comes, and nobody knows when it's going to be. But everyone knows that there will be a day where they will begin enforcement. And when they begin enforcement, they are going to have to choose 
who to enforce, and it's going to become very, it's going to be very easy for them to look and say, okay, you know, just take one look at this business, you know, stop by once. Look at all these things they're doing. Wow, they're, you know, they're doing this. We didn't even want that. We didn't even require that. Whatever it is, you know, they're going to look around and they're going to that are clearly trying their best to comply. And then they're going to see stores where it's the exact opposite, where it's like, it's like they're doing nothing. And then it's very, very easy for them who to ignore and who to enforce. Exactly. And Flotsano, don't even bother arguing with Dent Man in the chat. The, guy, the, the guy's a moron, okay? The guy's an idiot. You're wasting your time. So I so I, before before we get too far away from it, I, I will say there are two points that I, that that I think are worth mentioning that they they also mentioned at the uh, at the panel um, that that will be beneficial. They're easy to interpret and will be beneficial to everyone. Um, is that number one? They said. Uh, and this, you know, this is kind of uh, a colloquialism, but they said, don't try to be cute. Don't don't try to find a way. Don't try to find loopholes. Don't try to do something fucking cute to skirt the law. You know, they said, don't don't come up with weird, stupid ways that you think is going to trick the government or trick the FDA because it's not going to work. Too that's, late. That's, yeah. <laughs> Too late. Yeah. No, it's just going to make them mad. They're going to be like, oh, fuck this guy. Yeah. Right. And the yeah, bottom so. line, it's like getting pulled over by a cop. You keep your hands in the steering wheel and shut the fuck up. Right. That's it. It's really simple. Yeah. 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 Don't don't try to be cute. Right. And the other thing, um, the other thing was, uh, and, you know, again, their, their, their position was, uh, you know, as as clear as possible is that everybody needs to support changing the predicate date that no one these the the regulations are not designed for anyone to be able to get an approved device. The the PMTA process to, to go through all the, you know, the studies and the testing and the documentation and all of that shit. None of that is designed for anyone to get approval. It's only designed to waste a bunch of time and for them to be able to say no. So the only way that anything is going to happen is changing the predicate date, you know, which at this point is 2058 and the the Cole Bishop Amendment. So basically, you know, their 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 kind of overall position is that's what you need to support is getting the predicate date changed because you're never going to get an FDA-approved device but, by trying but, to follow their but, rules. But again, that's advocacy's opinion that no one will get a PMTA-approved. Yeah. That's just their opinion. Yeah. I mean, there's no I fact disagree. behind I it. I disagree yeah. with that opinion. Uh, I, I disagree, yeah. too, because they don't they know. They support everything. You yes. should we'll always be supporting, you know, to better the industry and sort of help reduce some of these uh, rules that the FDA put forth. But yeah. there's, there's no doubt there will be PMTAs put forward. Yeah, I, I, I don't I mean, know what they'll be. I, I can assume what they'll be. Yeah, I, I know what they won't be. But there's there's no doubt that over the next two years there will be things that will get approved. Yeah, It'll well, cost well, a lot of money. Right, right. Yeah, the, the, the cost of it is gonna is is yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean I don't know who's gonna approve them or what will be approved. It'll be pretty pathetic, probably. I don't know. Yeah. Well, 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 you said you know what they won't be. What won't they be? Open systems. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, very possibly flavored um, nicotine liquid. They've even said, the FDA stated in their documents, that the simplest pathway, the simplest process for pathway is going to be a closed system. 
Because the right. second you introduce open system, you introduce way too many variables to even put a PMTA forward. You know, a, a, a tube mod with an atomizer, good luck. Yeah. There's too many variables. Wait, a closed system, even though you can really fill a sealed cartomizer yourself, it doesn't matter. As long as it's sold to not be, that's a closed system filled with liquid. I could see that being approved. Yeah. If if anything gets approved, because I don't even know. This is just this is definitely my opinion. Yeah. You know. Well, they gotta they, they gotta they they have to approve some things, or else. That's just... kind of what I think. Yeah, they have to approve something. Yeah. Maybe it will be. You know, they have three years to approve something, and they might wait three years. But I, I'm I'm confident that something will get through. And then once something gets through, there's people after that could start to use uh, use that as a as a guide. Right. right. Like, like once a product is approved, then you can apply for a substantial equivalent if it's equivalent to that product that's already approved. So once things are approved, the process might become easier after that fact, even for liquids and devices and stuff like that. Who knows? You know, so the first guy to spend all this money and get it done, you know, he's going to be the, uh, the, the guinea pig that spent all that money to get it done where it might become slightly less expensive and easier for future people. And I'm sure the FDA... Despite what everybody says, they're not dummies. Even though everything that they do sounds so stupid, it's not stupid. It's because they're so fucking smart. They've covered everything. Yeah. You know, so if they say to themselves, hey, if we approve PMTs for these devices, that means anybody else who has similar devices can now apply through SE. So they might wait the full three years to approve anything. Just stretch yeah. this whole thing out right to the end. In the meantime, hoping that small businesses like myself will just disappear, which for the most part, I will. You know, yeah, and the other, the other, the other thing is Cisco is, I mean, they, they don't have any regulations on them for not making new rules. They can make, they can add on to this as many times as they want, whenever they want. So I mean, they, they will cover if there's some major loopholes found in their explanations and definitions. When we use them, they'll close them. Yeah, you know it's tough. You know so. You know, the more loopholes you find and the more ways around, you know, uh, compliance you find, they're just going to close them. So it's best to just, you know, suck it up and it sucks and comply and do what you can to stay in business as long as possible and hopefully, you know, work and stay in business after this curve, after, you know, get over this big hurdle. I don't know how much will, but I'm pretty sure guys like me will be out. Yeah. There's not much I could do. I need, you know, unfortunately, despite what, other people say, I have to make money to stay in business. If I can't make money at this, I move on to something else. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And I don't want to be on the cover of Time magazine with the title, This Man Saved Vaping. That's not my goal. <laughs> <laughs> Although it is for some other people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else, Russ? Is that it? Have we covered it? Um... Make America great again. <laughs> you know what, Russ? Russ, you know what? Russ has been posting these things. Uh, I've been laughing lately. In the past week, he's been posting like uh, Hillary Clinton wears a piss bag, um, some mm -hmm. some video where she's having a seizure, and then I looked up mm -hmm. what what was that? It was it was it was a condition. It was because um, I looked up what the condition. Dexo. What is it? Jacksonian seizures. Yes, yes, and and it's some condition where like she'll start having uncontrollable movements, and and you put up a video, and it looks just like that. I mean, it's 
it's crazy. You, she's had this whole thing now where Hillary is too too sick. She's too ill to be <laughs> to be president. <laughs> well, listen, it's very entertaining. I, I, I post all that stuff because some of it might be true. I don't. I'm not saying that it's that it's all true, but if even a couple of them, are, I mean. And forget about all that stuff. I mean, she just looks sick. I mean, she does. She looks sick. She does not look well. She cannot climb a flight of stairs. She does have a history of falling down. I mean, these are she falls down all the time. It's on videos. She had blood clots. She's like she's on blood thinners. Like, like it's not even like like. Do do I really think that she wears a catheter? I don't know. Fifty fifty. Is that? <laughs> Is that relevant that she, you know, pisses her pants as the way she normally goes to the bathroom? Is that true? I don't know, but I think that if there are 20 theories out there and five of them are right, I mean, listen, she's a senior citizen. So, so is Trump. So are most people that we elect to president, which probably isn't a great idea. We should probably be electing people to president who are in their 40s, not in their 70s. But that's not what we do. Point is, is that health is kind of important when you're going to have somebody who's potentially going to be doing this until they're almost 80, then yeah, I mean, health is a legitimate thing to bring up. I don't know. I look at Trump. He's 70. He looks pretty fucking good for 70. He's spry. He's running around. He's jumping around on stage. He looks pretty healthy. Hillary does not look healthy to me. And this is not a political argument. It's just like, I don't know that it's a good idea to have somebody who is unhealthy, you know, especially well, if it's a mental Russ, condition. hang on, hang on. Here's, here's a video Russ put up. I thought this was the funniest. Uh, this, <laughs> this is talking about Hillary. This is Hillary uh, trying to give a speech, and she's coughing. She l- Listen the to this. Inmates. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> <laughs> this goes on for three minutes. <coughs> Too much to say. <coughs> Too much sex? <coughs> I don't think that's the problem for her. <laughs> she wasn't the last person to blow up. <laughs> she can't stop coughing. That's <laughs> 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 yeah, been... And- <clears throat> It, it literally goes on for three. Wow. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's it's literally, Thank it's you, literally. Three. Listen, I don't know anybody. <laughs> I, I, I don't know a cancer. Like, cancer, but they, even they don't cough for three minutes. They cough for like 10 or 15 seconds. And then, you know. Representing <laughs> poor people. Three minutes. Great. What is that? It was about making people's <laughs> lives better. <laughs> And it still it has a minute forty seconds. E- even if you're young, <laughs> she she needs to go back home and do job. grandma things. Yeah, she needs to get some sleep. Work at it. Yeah. Stick with it. Well, she's she's been doing that lately. I mean, she's been nowhere to be seen. She doesn't have any route schedule. Period. And they're clapping. <laughs> It goes on and on and on. It would be funny if at the end of the coffee pitch she hocked a big loogie on stage. <laughs> so I finally got it out. Well, that's 
It just goes on and on. That's the funny. Well, that, that, that's kind of the that's kind of the thing, sister. I mean, that's what you know. Doctors who have commented on it that she's it's not an expectorant problem. She's not trying to get something out. It's like it's like a controllable. Yeah, it's like a yeah yeah, um, and it's related to like a neurological issue. Maybe it is, but. I mean, I, I, you know, Kevin, out of all the videos that I posted, I think the one that's really the most telling isn't that one. It's the one where, and this is visual, you know, so don't bother playing it, but yeah. she's giving a speech and like some animal rights protesters come and these people are nudniks and, you know, they're about, but they're not dangerous, you know, they're, they're you know, they're tree huggers. So they come and they're, they're doing some animal rights protests and she completely freezes. Now, what's really interesting about this video is that some guy, I mean, it, she froze for a second, and boom, he's there. And I'm talking, this guy, now he looks like he's in Secret Service, but this guy's about 300 pounds. Right. All right? So he, he's there instantly, and there is no threat to her. These people were far away. He is there like boom, and for that, you know, for that guy to move that quick, he was he he knew what he was seeing, and it's very clear this guy is not in the Secret Service. He's first of all he's three hundred pounds. When's the last time you saw a three hundred pound Secret <laughs> Service? But he starts holding her, rubbing her back, and says, "It's okay. We're here for you. You can get through this." Secret Service agents don't do that. They don't. T they, they make sure that they are in between the person that they are protecting and the threat. They don't talk to them. They don't rub their back. This guy is a psychiatrist. There is no doubt about it. I mean, that, I think, out of all of the things, is, I think, the most interesting. Do you think Donald Trump travels with a psychiatrist so that when he gets flustered, not that I've seen that happen, but if he were to get flustered, that this guy can come and rub his back and hypnotize him back into into you know, getting back into the thing. No, she froze. She's got a shrink that travels with her. And that, I think, is incredible. And that, of course, points to the fact that she has neurological problems. Who else has a doctor who is, who is, who is on In a second, he's there. He is there immediately, coaxing her back and snapping her out of, because she's locked up. She's completely locked up. That says, I think, more than any of the other videos that I posted. What? No, I think the Jacksonian seizure ones are great. Because <laughs> well, that's the, well, that's that's the funniest one. That's the funniest one because she just. <laughs> I mean, she's she's and it's sad too. I mean, I just lost a parent. It's sad to see someone decline in health, but you know, it's you got to think twice you want this person to be have their finger on the button for eight years that doesn't it doesn't sound like a good thing it's it doesn't it doesn't sound good well i love it i want you to keep on doing the uh the videos i think they're, <laughs> I think they're great <laughs> um, well people they, they people get into I, I i walk away from my computer i come back a couple hours later and there's people trying to kill each other on facebook it's unbelievable Oh, they are. I mean, you have one of the uh, Jacksonian uh, seizure videos, and this guy said, and this does not change my vote. <laughs> <laughs> like, what would? What do, what, what do we need to see? Do we need to see her in in a coma? Would, would that change your vote? I don't think it would. Um, Maybe that would be, I don't know. It's crazy. I love it, though. All right. Well, I only have five minutes left on Mixler, so I have to wrap it up. It's been almost three hours. So, okay. Thank you, Russ. That was fun. 
Yes, it was. Thank you for coming on. I'm sure the audience enjoyed hearing you. Flitzani, yeah, yeah. thank I you. I meant for... to do a show. I, I, I'll be on next week. I'm sorry, guys. Next week? Good okay. I'm hearing from you, bro, man. I miss you. Yes. Yes, we do miss you guys. We don't get to talk to us yeah. much. Flitzanu, thank you for coming on. You're on Tuesdays. Tuesdays at 8 o'clock. Am I correct? You got it. You got on it. Vape TV. You can watch Flitzanu. <laughs> he's got a great show. And Cisco, he appears on his Facebook every once in a while, and he's got a lot of action going on there, too. So, <laughs> Yeah, my shows are on Monday at 9.63. Uh, <laughs> Good hearing you again, Flitzy. You too, buddy. Hey, so are you going to make it to uh, Farewell? Yeah, Vapor you know, uh, I, I hear there's a lot of people that are going to go there for, like, you know, the last bash, so to speak. So I actually yeah. think I'm going to try and make it. Sweet. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be good. It might be like uh, old school, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's we'll have, be a, drink. We'll have a drink, awesome. my friend, like Absolutely. always. I might have to have three or four because I missed all the other ones you were at. That's so. true. You're going to have to catch up. I'll yeah, put it this way. I'll, I'll, I'll go if Russ goes. Vape <laughs> 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 the last VaporCon in Virginia. The last VaporCon, Russ. Oh, it's the last one, huh? Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah I don't know. Maybe. That's a yes. If Russ, Russ, if Russ goes, I'll go. Yeah, if Russ goes, I'll go. I promise. <laughs> Actually, Russ, if you want to go, you can drive down with me. Okay. All right, maybe. Listen, I have only had a blast at those vapor comps. Every one of them, I have had a great time. Yes. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, va uh, vapor, uh, vapor Cast is going to be there. All three VaporCast guys. Yep. Um, yeah, and Graham is going to be there. Um I think the plumes, I'm gonna be there. The plumes guys are going. I oh, think. Nick, yeah, Nick's, I talked to them this weekend. They're gonna try to. They're all gonna try to get it out there. Nick's, so. Nick's gonna be there. Yeah. Uh oh. I'm my union. I better wear my. <laughs> I better wear my armor. My. Uh, my Your Star Nick Wars armor. armor. Yeah. My my lightsaber armor, so I don't get stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> his um, his his poops really stink. <laughs> Thanks, Russ. <laughs> very, very odiferous. <laughs> okay, I'm going to end it on that note. All right, guys. Thank you all. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. All right, later. Thanks, guys. All right, that is it. We got four minutes left. We got to wrap it up. I want to thank the Plume Room. Go to theplumeroom.com. Get some angel sauce. Get some of their. Uh, they got all kinds of great e-liquids. The angel sauce is the best. Rainbow sherbet's fantastic. Theplumeroom.com. Use code VPLI15 for fifteen percent off. And also, when you're done with there, go to smokelessimage.com. These are two wonderful websites. Support them because without them, there'd be no VP Live. I'll be back. I should be back next Sunday. We'll see. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. This was a three-hour show. But actually, yeah, no, I am going to be back next Sunday because I have something I have to do. So I will be back next Sunday, 9 o'clock. Monday, 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. We have Anton Andy with Raven Grimm. Wednesday, I believe Russ said he's going to be doing a show. And Friday, you have Ed with his uh, Vape Week. I think it's the Vape Week it's called. Ed has his show. you got to listen to that. And I'll be back next Sunday, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. I'm out.